Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always with co host Dustin Soglo Frazier. So, Delicate TV got a new catchphrase. Have you heard it? What's that? Then, now, forever, together, paper, plastic. I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> Way ahead of you. It's funny, I was kind of laughing when the intro started. It's because uh, the little preemptive thing that we got going there, it said uh, it's 20 to 1 or whatever. And I was like, it literally is. It's like, it couldn't be more gimmick than that. It was like, it's 20 to 1. I looked at the clock. It was like, yeah, it is. That's true. That's canon. But yeah, we're on here a bit late, but whatever. We're nocturnal. We're not trying to beat the traffic. We're trying to avoid it. So, I think that's kind of the smart way to do business nowadays with our on-demand audience being the majority. And that being said, shout out to you all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, I, um, what, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict. Uh, Google Podcasts and all that jazz. Thank you for joining us there. And then, of course, all of you on the chat rooms, late night nocturnal people, midnight people over on twitch.tv slash talkbrunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbrunch. And here we are. And hey. yeah, we absolutely did make it. So, yeah, man, a lot of stuff happened, huh? Holy shit. <laughs> This weekend by itself was nuts. And then the rest of the week with all the news, just, uh. Yeah, a lot of garbage. A lot of dirty laundry and dirty garbage came out, right? A lot of trash. Right. I feel it's, it's, it's been such a hot story that I feel like I already had the show. Like, I almost didn't put it in because I was thinking, oh, we already talked about this. But that's just how much has been talked about off air. Like, canologically for me, I felt like we spoke of this already, but we really haven't. <laughs> but don't worry, because we will. We will. But I'm not opening with that trash. No. <laughs> uh, let's open with something fun. What are we going to hear? Uh, the Miz wants to play Johnny Cage if they do a Mortal Kombat sequel. Yeah, now did you? I believe he wasn't in this one that just came out. Did you see this one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fight scenes were cool. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is that is that yeah. your honest review? Like, you're, this is a shoot? You know what it is? Like, for me, the fight scenes were the only times where I felt, like, locked in. Everything else, I felt like I was kind of just waiting for the next fight scene. It was weird. Like, I thought, I thought I'd get more out of that one. Like, because I watched, yeah. I almost had to watch it twice because I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? Like, that? Yeah, maybe you missed their point. I don't know. Uh, so I saw it, full disclosure. This will be a little spoilery. I don't think that this will be major spoilery. I think that this will be minor spoilery, if that's even possible. But yeah, this is the yes. Johnny Cage. This is the Johnny Cage graphic that uh, the Miz put out. I guess he put this out for himself. Where the hell did this come from? I'm assuming it's him, right? What the? That's <laughs> that's special. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, creative. All right. Anyway, this is going to get minus spoilery since we're talking about the Mortal Kombat thing. 
Uh, if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, then by all means, you should probably listen to this. I'm saving your ass. You know, if you don't care about Mortal Kombat, then spoiler alert, jump ahead because you might go and watch this shitty movie. Now, that being said, Destin's correct. The fight scenes are cool. And I'm not going to spoil like anything as far as the story goes, as far as what happens at the end or the ending. But that character that they added, the made up character that's the main character, it just bothers me. That bothers me that that's there. I don't care if he's cool, which he isn't. I don't care if his powers turned out to be cool, which they didn't. I didn't care if, if he turned out to be interesting, which he wasn't. But just the fact that that guy was there, someone who's like has nothing to do with the story and was inserted in like a main role, it destroyed it for me. And as much as I tried to ignore it, the more it concerned me. And at one point, Stacey said, oh, he's going to turn into Sub-Zero. And I panicked. I thought, I fucking hope not. Like, is that <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be bad. Like in Power Rangers? Like, and you're telling me he's going to be. ever. <laughs> like, are you telling me that would be like, that would be literally like morphin time. Like, he's going to be getting fucked up and all of a sudden, ah! and then he's going to suddenly get her over here and he'll just have all the powers wait, and all that. So, wait, wait, would that be a worse story than freaking Janemba from Dragon Ball? I don't know. And you know, I'm wondering now, looking back, if that would have been a worse story than what they gave us. Because I'm thinking, oh, my God, any minute now, she's right. He's going to turn into Scorpion, which is horrible. Because, you know, the guy in the beginning, the Hanzo, the guy they put in the first, the seven minutes that's free, that's really, that's a true origin, the Scor- Scorpion thing. But that guy comes back. You know, like, that's the story of Scorpion. He's a, he's a spirit of vengeance, like an undead spirit. Everyone knows that. So I was thinking, oh, shit, are they going to make it? This guy turns into Scorpion. He's his ancestor, so he just turns into him. But it was even worse. Like, he grows armor or something. Like, he grew, like, armor out of his body. It was kind of like, okay, I don't even see what that has to do with anything. It just bothered me. Okay, I'm really just talking about the powers. I'm not going to spoil too much in the movie, but just the powers in this movie. It's like, you shouldn't be able to grow armor. And then if you compare it to anything, let's say you compare it to like Bleach, DBZ, Yu Naruto, One Piece, anything. Anything that has powers for the most part, 95% of the time, it comes from a place of energy or spirituality. You know what I mean? So you can sort of explain it. Like if someone concentrates and then they get angry and suddenly they would shoot like fire or energy. If you understand the basis of key and energy and how it works, your suspension of disbelief will allow this principle to make you believe. All right. Yeah, that's I can totally relate. Even if this is just a human being, since I know how key works, maybe they were able to, 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 to gather enough to be able to do that move. You know what I mean? But like if someone in DBZ got angry because someone was killed like their loved one was killed and then their ability was when they started to crowd they summoned armor it would be weird you know it'd be like wait a minute like i understand how powers and stuff work but why are you in a suit of armor as your power isn't that doesn't that kind of take you out of it or am i wrong to look at the logic of it that way no that, that makes perfect sense that's just a weird way to get powers your power up shouldn't be a suit of armor like that's really out there for something that's involved with like martial arts and focus and shit like it just shouldn't be that you you summon a fucking suit of armor i'm sorry so that guy bothers me in that and i don't want an ancestor to scorpion that uh gets a suit of armor that's an american that's like all terrible there was no johnny cage in it which is why uh miz wants to be in the sequel he doesn't want to be the sequel of this shit and the other part of this thing was that they, you're born with like a tattoo. This is how Mortal Kombat is. You're like, not really that you're born, but when the tournament happens, they kept certain rules the same. It's still that you got to win 10 tournaments in a row. Either side has to win 10 tournaments in a row to uh, invade the other. Obviously, Earth doesn't want to invade the, theirs, but Outward wants to invade Earth, so they're on their ninth, just like in the real games. But like, that's sort of where the similarities ended, to be honest. Like, everything else that they did was like really out there. You know, like the, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't really work at all. 
Yeah, it was odd. But the tattoo thing is what killed us. Like, oh, so you're basically these people are have a tattoo, and when they have it, it'll make them get a power, and that means that they were chosen to be in this tournament. But if you kill someone who has that tattoo, then you'll have the tattoo. So basically, being chosen doesn't mean shit. Because think about it. Like, if you get the tattoo and you're the chosen one to go and fight in Mortal Kombat, and someone just shoots you in the face, and you hit with a drive-by, (laughs) then all of a sudden the fucking exactly, exactly. You see, you exactly one hundred percent. You completely understand why that movie bothered me. You, you exactly finished the story. You even gave the guy like who I visualized getting the fucking power. You visualize exactly who I thought would get the power in this scenario. Like, look who has it. The fucking thug who shot you doesn't know shit. Doesn't know why he's a tattoo now. He's going to go and defend you in Mortal Kombat? That's such a shitty premise. I don't know what made them come up with these weird things. I saw, oh, what's her name? I'm surprised. Uh, Zelina Vega complimenting the movie, talking about what an accurate lore it had. And it was like, what the fuck movie did she watch? You know, I, and, and I hate to say it. I'm not trying to, to, to call anybody out here, but I notice cosplayers don't seem to give a shit about lore. Whenever I notice, that's why the reason I don't really gravitate towards cosplayers at conventions or anything. They seem to just have a general idea about wardrobe. But cosplayers never really seem to know shit about lore. They just think certain things look cool. They don't actually understand what it means. That's how we wound up with a bunch of kids named Daenerys and Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not knowing they did not, not knowing they destiny involves them getting gorilla fucked by some motherfucker named Caldrogo. You should let uh you should let him finish writing those before you decide who's who. You should definitely let people start writing those before you decide who's who. You know, nobody, nobody thinks about things like that in fiction. But think about how many people back in the day that were part of the Republic in the George Lucas universe. They went through really hard times and were saved by different generals and different commanders. You know, looked up to the stars after being saved and being the great one. Thought, you know what? What are we going to name our firstborn? Let's name him Anakin. Because you know what must have happened, right? Oh, because he was a hero he general skywalker it was a big deal i'm gonna name my kid anakin this village was saved because of him in hindsight that must have sucked right that's like naming your kid hitler preemptively cool <laughs> you know like it might have sounded good you in the beginning this guy has a, my ass this hitler has a good vision <laughs> this was for Auschwitz. he seems to be a good leader right a little aggressive, angry at times, but that's understandable. I'm sure it'll be okay. Famous last words. Kid get his ass whooped every other recess. Oh, lore. But yeah, the whole lore thing with this sucks. I don't know how people enjoy that shit. Was Katana not in it? I can't even tell. And what about that Luke Kang they had in that really skinny anorexic? Was he blue? It almost looked like he was blue. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. Is this guy blue? Blue Kang? Or was it just the lighting? Blue <laughs> Kang. It's like Luke Kang was this big martial art guy. I'm just this little sky thing. I'm Luke Kang, and this is my fire. Look, it's dark in this cave. Let me go. And he shows me. He was like a fucking candle. Motherfuckers wondering why this Luke Kang goes Like, that's your power? Link does the same thing with a fucking lamp when he needs to. You ain't special. Well, fucking Liu Kang. They didn't even give him like an origin either, isn't it? They shit it on like the main character of the story because it's all origin. Like if you go back to the games and everything, that was always the main guy, right? This whole story of this fucking thing is about that guy. Somebody else, you get Liu Kang. You kidding me? You can select who you want, but he's like the Rio of that world. The whole story involves him and his clan and their belief. This whole thing is based on their religion. So whether you like the other characters or not, everyone, the only ones who believe in this shit is them. 
It all starts with them. That's like not believing in the characters in Doctor Strange, like when he goes to the temple, you know? So it's Luke Kang. He's as important as it possibly gets. And when they introduce him... You you can have Quan Chi and Baraka, bitch. I got Luke Kang. And when they introduce him, he's just some guy who killed some guy for his fucking tattoo. How ironic is that, right? He is Pookie from the (laughs) The one who was the chosen one in the first one. This way he tells us his back, I killed some guy for this. And then Kung Lao, the other main character that's part of that lineage, is there, there too. I'm not even going to go into that, because at least this one included Kung Lao. Last time they didn't. So I give credit to that. But oh my god, man. Huh. I don't even know what to say about this thing. And yeah, the fight scenes were cool. You're right about that. They had cool shit. He bounced off the wall and swing a sword. The other guy docks, leaves a nice fucking clone. You can make that shit up in your head if you have a good enough imagination. But the point being, there's like thousands. If you go back to like old school Kung Fu flicks, We've always had good fight scenes. That's never been the problem. It would be easy for any director nowadays. Yeah, like it would be easy for any director nowadays to go and back and look for inspiration and choreography for those old kung fu flicks. And most of them do, which is how we get the current shit. It's just the old shit done in a modern way. So I'm expecting good fight scenes. We've never been lacking. There's never been a time like it's like people in the 80s were like, man, I wish there was some good fight scenes in some of this shit. No, they lived through the era that basically created good fight scenes. They lived through Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Jet Li. You think anybody in the 80s was, was longing for fight scenes? Like, man, there's just not enough fighting going on. All I'm saying Come is ass weapons and blood sport were cool, but I like about seeing the shit in between. All of the shit came from there. So the fight scenes have always been here. It's the stories that we're looking for. It's the quality. So it's like, I can't give them a pass just because they had good fight scenes. We've always had that. That's the one thing we've been lucky about. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have that, it would be horrible. You imagine had this movie not been that good and the fight scenes suck? And it's not even like there were a lot of fight scenes either. They were far and few between. And I find that the use of powers in this, it, it kind of takes me out of it. Even though these characters in the story and in the game have those powers, when it's used like that, it was just like, wait a minute. This is almost like in the cartoon now. Like people literally just shoot things like just pew, 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 pew. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute. The first movie didn't do anything like that. And it and you never felt like it was missing it. Like, man, I wish somebody threw a fireball across the sky. It's just uh, I didn't like it, man. I really didn't like it. Yeah, it was, uh, and like it got to the point where it's like after every fight scene, I was like, okay, now how long till the next one? Yeah, and it was a long time, and sometimes it was with that yeah. guy, and it felt to me like they were just pandering to the current demographic by trying to make that main character an MMA fighter, because obviously we've never had MMA fighters in any of this shit, so they said, hey, let's make something that's relatable to people who don't give a shit about Mortal Kombat. This guy's an MMA fighter, so we start in a cage. Like, they really tried to make that guy like the main character of like common day shit but within the mortal kombat world and it took me out of it because it felt like everything in mortal kombat was just a prop for his story you know I, I didn't like it no no good i actually think the original 1995 mortal kombat is better and even though the 1997 one is one of the worst movies ever it's funny that it's that bad right like it's that, like, like you because that that bad where you laugh at it it's like the room where it's like you know the room shit but you laugh it's it's right up there with the room. It's that tier. Like if you go back and watch the sequel to the 1995 Mortal Kombat, you'll laugh the whole way. I did it. I, I watched both of them before I watched this. And once again, when I got to it, I enjoyed it even more. The second one, because it's such a disaster. Like it's it was it took no time. Fucking fucking uh, VR troopers had better better visuals than, than the second one. I don't even where did their budget go? Where in the world? The moment you see it, you won't even be able to miss it. There are episodes of Xena Warrior Princess in season one that looked better than the shit. There was no budget whatsoever. One of us could just throw up a green screen and be way ahead of that movie right now. Couldn't fucking believe how bad it was. But I laughed. We were cracking up, man. 
especially because someone <laughs> like Liu Kang, the only two people who stood from the first one was the original Liu Kang and uh, Katana. Everybody else was gone, thankfully. Sonya was a complete flop, like they had a replacement. They didn't get Christopher Lambert to play Raiden, so he was no longer cool. But, like the whole movie was really bad. Like Shao Kahn was really short. He was like this really short guy. And he never wore his the top piece, like the helmet and the Shao Kahn thing on his face. It was no, just a short, short Kong. He was just a short ball guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so Kong. much fun to watch. And when Raiden uh, did his attacks, like he literally did the arcade attack. They even put the drop ins. Like Raiden would literally go, bah, 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 you fly across the <laughs> And it was and you would hear that they put the drop there. Like it wasn't <laughs> I was like, I love that movie. We went from Mortal Kombat 95, which was a good movie for the time, to that shit. Uh, And that happened, like, in the first five minutes. I remember right at that point, I knew. Like, right at that moment. For some reason, there was something about that happening that I knew we were fucked. (laughs) There's a a moment in every movie where you know I'm fucked. And, like, for me, it was that. Like, just because it felt like that's impossible to have happened in the previous Mortal Kombat. Like, even though it happens in the games, you never expect it for in the movie to hear Raiden go, go for the fucking sky like that. And, like, they literally had him do that stop motion where (laughs) just the character looked like that. Oh, no. It reminds me of Scorpion King 1 when, uh, when the rock fucking, he shot a bow and arrow at somebody and they blasted through, like, the ceiling of the house or something. Like, right in the beginning. And I remember at that moment, I thought, oh, shit. Oh yeah, that was the that was the fucking flash forward because the whole week was actually a flashback. Oh, like that first opening scene. As soon as the rock shot somebody and they blew through the roof, I remember out loud. I went, "Oh shit!" And I just looked at the, my watch. It was like, "Fuck, we're here for a while, man." That's how I feel about this Mortal Kombat. Miz, you're cooler as the Miz than any Johnny Cage they can write in that monstrosity, and that says a lot, you know. He doesn't want to be Johnny Cage in that shit. And that's the cliffhanger to that movie, too, that they go to look for Johnny Cage. They need to go to look for a new writer. Spoiler, it's Johnny Cage. <laughs> right? He's the writer and the director. <laughs> Don't play that shit. I think Miz would make a great Johnny Cage. It's only there was a good Mortal Kombat movie he could play it on. <laughs> oh, Saying the African Mortal Kombat was better. Which one was that? The African Mortal Kombat? What the fuck? I mean, I'm down for that. It practically is African. If they, if they, they always get a good Jax aside from the first one, and he always turns out to be a good main character. So yeah, what, what African American one? Let's push for that. Is there a crowdfund for it? Because what I saw, yeah, even this Jax was weird. Like, why, why did he come out in the fucking when he first showed up? First of all, he looked like a skinnier Steve Harvey. (laughs) And then the motherfucker had like big paperclip for arms. Like, what's the? I had instant Cat Williams fucking flashbacks. He's a poor little tink tink. Ain't that a bitch? Like, just... Oh, my God. <laughs> I got really worried. I didn't understand either with the arms. Like when it first, when they first showed his little twiggy arms, it was like, it now, <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. And I, what I thought was going to happen was, okay, maybe he's going to start doing, I don't know why I fucking thought this because it doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. But at this point, the movie doesn't make sense and I'm just trying to get through it. Remind I thought that what it was going to be. Yeah, I just for some reason thought that he'd have to work those arms like the way Goku does with weights and then they'd put more weights on the arms and eventually it would be the Jack's arms. But when you're thinking about it, if the arms are made out of metal, why the fuck would he need to build muscle in the first place to be able to lift more? <laughs> because it's metal. So he should have just always had arms. But they did some is. weird shit. <laughs> see, see what that is. Every person has it, but you have a certain little defense mechanism where your mind tries to make some kind of sense of where that's supposed to be and get you to the proper area no but that almost sounds like the origin of their powers too 
You know, you know what the bad part about it is? You know, oh, wait. Holy shit. I just realized what happened. Your mind tried to Skyrim that shit. Yeah. You know when you like, don't feel like going around the mountain, so you try to climb up the bitch? Yeah, I guess so. I tried to Skyrim <laughs> through the movie because it was it was just weird. It was just like, wait a minute. Why does he have these little arms? It literally looked like what one Undertaker describes as soup bones. You know, it's just like, these are soup bones. Is that what he means? Because this is what this guy has. And then it's like other arms morphed out of him. So it was like once again this is a power-up that doesn't make any sense like if this is from a, a, a place of spirituality you're telling me that the spiritual energy is new to make you better fucking metal arms and the other guy in armor it reminds me of this old anime i don't know if anybody's ever seen scryed there's this anime called scryed and sometimes their powers were just completely fucking unexplainable it was just something that was like whatever your imagination wants one guy might have like a big arm that shoots out a rocket and it was just like, for no reason, we don't know what that had to do with him, but that's his power. Someone else's power could be like that they're a mech. It was like, whatever your okay. heart desires, it was completely unrelated. It, exactly. It almost feels like one of those animes where their power is whatever, you know? It's just going to be completely off the fucking chain. Whatever it is, if you kill that thing, the original person dies, but it could be anything. It could be a tank, a rocket, a spaceship, a boat, a fucking fish tank, you know? Like, a, a soup bowl. Anything. It would just make no sense. And that's what this movie felt like. So... <laughs> Don't watch it if you haven't. You're not missing anything, man. You really aren't. They didn't even have good music. That terrible music. They didn't even try to have good music. It was like they went out of their way. They had Skyrim music for Mortal Kombat. You know, we're talking about Skyrim. It had that environmental, like atmospheric music, which is fine if you're playing Skyrim, but not watching a fucking fight scene. God damn it! Now I want fucking Jackson a sequel to go just for dog. With this fucking paperclip arm. <laughs> a fucking nightmare of a movie, man wasted my time with that watch invincible i know we're segueing here away from wrestling but watch invincible it's by robert kirkman it's on amazon prime i watched it that's cool if you like stuff like the boys then watch invincible it's animated i don't want to spoil anything but i'll say this put your kids to sleep don't just because this is animated and it's on amazon prime put your fucking kids to sleep for this all right because not uh, the show to babysit your children no, 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 no. Don't let them see it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this. Kindergarten class up. And I didn't really know much about it going into it. At first, I thought it tricked me. I'm not going to spoil, but I just remember thinking, oh, so it's a superhero, basic superhero stuff's going on here. And then something happened where it was like, oh, oh, no, oh, man. This isn't your basic superhero. I thought this was your basic. So how many episodes is this? Is there going to be, is there going to be able to be an episode two? Like, I remember legit at one point thinking, is this like a one-off? Because I'm not seeing how, <laughs> I'm not seeing where this can go. That's all I'm going to say. Violent. Violent. Ugh. Watch that, though. Don't waste your time on fucking Mortal Kombat. There was more fatalities in, in Invincible than, <laughs> than in Mortal Kombat. Oh. So, you know, even if you're not into animation, don't waste your time in Mortal Kombat, man. I hate hype. I even got pulled into that shit, you know? I had no business there. I don't even want to go back and watch good scenes of it. <laughs> you got to scroll through the bullshit first. Yes, I want to movies that the scenes were good enough that I would want to want to do it. Anyway, next story. So this guy, Mark Nye, did you hear about this guy? This guy from Stanwell, Mark Nye. Oh, really the Bill Nye? Like what? No, he was stopped by police on February 11th and he was trying to, to, to toss his stash. He had a stash of drugs and two phones. Oh, so I guess no. one of the ways I guess he had two phones, one for the bitches, one for the whole. No, I'm kidding. So uh, he had business cards on him. They asked him what his name was. Oh, no. And he said his name was Connor. So they searched the guy and he has business cards on him. 
that say McGregor Enterprise on them. I heard about this guy, but I didn't know what his name was. So I put him on screen just now. <laughs> this was hilarious. So this guy basically, who is now serving two years and nine months in prison, was telling people that he's Conor fucking McGregor. And he was going around dealing drugs as Conor McGregor. And his business card as a drug dealer was McGregor Enterprises. That motherfucker sells proper number 10 and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he looks like, oh, he looks like somebody cosplaying Connor just woke up. Like, look at the bags under his eyes and look at how, oh. I wonder what time they caught him. I wish that was on the police report because I'd want, if yeah, it said something. night, you could pull it off at night. Oh, they must have caught that motherfucker in the broad daylight. Like, you. He looks like greater value Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor at home. Hey, fucking. Mommy, you want Conor McGregor? We have Conor McGregor at home. Todd Howard. (laughs) (laughs) That shit. That shit got Todd fucking Conor McGregor. It just works. I need a gym position on that fucking Conor McGregor. What the hell? We they need to make it one of those memes. You know, ever seen those memes where it's like how it looked online, what I got when I ordered it? Right. (laughs) <laughs> on, on the left we have in the dark corner on the left we have when the fucking club lights go on <laughs> everybody's been there you thought she was a bad bitch and the club was white went on it was like oh no 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 there was another guy that used to walk around and pretend to be conor mcgregor didn't we play him on here at one point i feel like we might have if there was another video there was this other guy who's walking around there's so many connors now wow connor serving fucking that's a lot of time i wonder if he had him two years and nine months that's almost three years He's going to look like an even older Connor by the end of that. Can you imagine if he wants to, even runs that one delusional prisoner that really thinks he's Connor? Yeah, and they want to fight and him. Get squared up on every other day. All right, chow time. <laughs> What's good, McGregor? Oh, my God. Give me your fruit cocktail. <laughs> Run it, champ. <laughs> Who was that guy that, that, that Kenny had to face in half bake? He was like, give me your fruit cocktail. <laughs> He runs to that one guy from fucking, what was that movie, uh, Eddie Murphy or Martin Lawrence, where in life you want your cornbread. In this case, you want your proper number 12. <laughs> no squirrel master to save you. <laughs> None whatsoever. You think Nate Diaz whoop your ass. You ain't seen nothing from, D- from fucking Debo and B-Block. Oh, man. <laughs> so, we're going to talk a little bit about NXT's move to Tuesdays and how it's faring so far and where we are in this very interesting situation. So WWE had an investor call about five days ago. And in that investor call, it turned out that Nick Khan said that he doesn't think that NBC is going to sign a deal with the NHL after all, but that at the same time, NXT moving didn't have anything to do with it. They didn't say why NXT was moving to Tuesdays. So one can speculate that maybe they're saying that it had nothing to do with that only to save face after not closing the deal on the NHL. Because really, the general consensus is that NXT moved Tuesdays because they thought that the NHL was going to be there on Wednesdays. We've been going over this for almost a fucking year. And that story hasn't changed or been refuted by anyone. But apparently the deal was not secured and Nick Khan didn't think it was going to go forward. Which makes the move two Tuesdays literally for nothing but it doesn't end there 
because according to Sports Business Journal, the next season is going to mark the first time that the NHL hasn't been on the NBC since the 2005-2006 season because NBC is officially pulled out of the bidding. Therefore, it does leave a possibility. And all I'm saying is that right now, 8 p.m. on Wednesdays on USA are blank in the future. So you could wind up with a continuation of the Wednesday Night Wars. But there's other possibilities, too. Because wouldn't you know, 20 minutes before Raw comes on, another report breaks from Turner. Yes, TNT. And sources say they're the fucking ones who won the NHL bidding war. So AEW Dynamite might have to move from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. So one of two things can happen. NXT can wind up moving back to Wednesdays because there's no, there's nothing there when they thought there was going to be. And at the same time, AEW might now have to move to Tuesdays because they will have hockey on Wednesdays. So nothing's written in stone anymore. So what are your thoughts? Well, when it comes to NXT possibly moving back to Wednesdays, um, you guys already lost. There's no war anymore. But uh, that would be some shit if they just literally wound up to swapping days. Like NXT moves back to the Wednesdays and then AEW is on Tuesday. So that's one possibility. We can wind up with the opposite shows on opposite days. But the other one is that since NXT said that they didn't move, if they're telling the truth and that they just wanted Tuesdays, AEW could just wind up also on Tuesdays and it would just continue to become the Tuesday Night Wars. Tuesday Night Ass Whoopings. And it'll actually look worse for NXT because they'll start fucking them up. You know, like their ratings will drop right there. It'll just look like they invaded and took over them. It's not so fun on the other end. There's a motherfucker. You had you you had this night all by yourself, and the next thing you know, run your comb break. And this is a seven-year contract, and it went for two, TNT and TBS paid two hundred twenty-five million per season for the next seven years. So don't get comfortable with where your programming is right now. Everything's liable for change at this point. And yeah, the and NHL they have Wednesday night doubleheader games, and I don't think that TBS is going to want to put AEW, even though they have TNT and TBS are the same network. I don't think they're going to want to put TNT up against TBS as far as one running AEW against NHL. Why would oh, they? No. So even if there's a uh, network free, it's more than likely that they're just not going to be on Wednesdays no matter what. It's a matter of whether or not NXT is going to move back. Oh, that is kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. Oh, not many shit. people are going to have that last little tidbit there about the fact that the bidder turned out to be TNT. That literally just broke. So pretty much we're probably breaking it aside from the sheets. Boom. oh things are changing man and among those changes we're also hearing from pw insider that vince mcmahon's giving nick khan a lot of leeway to do things in wwe internally and that uh they're preparing they're preparing the entire company to shift into mainstream entertainment they would be they were told by a number of sources that uh they just want to start doing more entertainment things in general um something similar the quote was something similar to Marvel and DC with lots of potential crossover appeal and not just for performers, but the characters and the brand itself. So they're already going into a completely different direction as far as the company from where you know it. This has already been publicly stated. These are things that are coming out in these quarter earnings meetings in this past week. So these new people are taking over and uh, they're the, everything. You're going to just see a different direction of things in general. Now, uh, a couple of weeks after WrestleMania, tradition on here to reveal the new banners of the two shows, which we're going to do, because that usually indicates where the pushers are going, and we have that here. So, amongst the new direction comes the new banners, 
We got our Raw banner here. If this is an indication of who they're pushing, then you got Lashley, McIntyre, and AJ Styles on one side. And for the girls, you have Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss, and Charlotte. So, I mean, they put less people there. They didn't put all their eggs in one basket like they do every other year, right? Yeah. It's funny the inaccuracy I'm already starting to see in this uh, in this poster. How so? So, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things hasn't been seen in now three weeks. AJ, right? We haven't seen, spoiler people, this is now three weeks out of WrestleMania. We have not seen our new Grand Slam winner. Or Omaz, maybe what? maybe they have the Cove. They're always around each other. Holy shit. We haven't seen them bring her via satellite. Nothing. And for SmackDown, we have Roman. Is that Rey Mysterio? And uh, Rollins. And then uh, we have a very small Bailey. <laughs> medium-sized Sasha and then of course a gigantic Bianca Belair <laughs> <laughs> the heights on the hair no. <laughs> so those two will be in the background thank god they only carried the whole Smackdown the entire year right but there's more banners this year because oh. the NXT banner came out let's see what they got going on in my perfect world you were about to say main event banner coming up so they got Karrion Cross, Finn Balor Scarlett, Raquel Gonzalez, Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, what's his name? Hijo de Fantasma. What the fuck's his name again? Jackie, fucking forget his name. Uh, Cesar Santos. No, Santos Escobar. I don't know why you're Santos Escobar. Escobar. I don't know what the fuck I said. Cesar Santos. <laughs> Cesar Santos. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Santos, they're wrong about the first name that pops into my head. I can't fucking remember his name. <laughs> so those are the guys they're pushing. What the fuck they changed his name in the first fucking place? Like, yeah, I don't know. So that, uh, I mean, everyone there is okay, except for Cross, who I think is very generic. At least the difference is, is like, everybody... See, it seems like Raw is the only one where I'm just like, why is AJ on there? You haven't shown him in three weeks. But eh, That yeah, might be out of their control, be- though. You know? We, we don't know yet. Better fucking be, but- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, because we know that there was another outbreak, and they, they, we don't know who. And now we have to go by who's missing. And now you have people been missing for a while. Reggie was one of them. So then NXT UK put up their banner. Um... We got Walter and some dudes. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll fill this one in for you. Uh, we have, I believe, up front, we have Walter and Kaylee Ray, uh, Miko Sadamora. I believe that's A-Kid, the uh, Heritage Cup, Cup winner, and pretty deadly, the new NXT UK Tag Champions. Uh-huh. All right, well, uh, I know Miko. She's good. She's really good. I'm surprised she's not in the front of this. How did how that other girl must be amazing for her not to be in to, oh, to, for fucking me to be in the background. NXT UK champion for forever. Well, okay, the yeah, women UK women's champion. I think she's she's nearing actually a thousand days. Yeah, she mentioned something on, to be on, on Instagram post not long ago about, about that number one thousand. Yeah, and those tag guys I've never seen them before either. Oh, they're pretty well. deadly. They're um a, a, not really a new tag team. But they've recently had, um, they really started breaking out. They actually wound up beating Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, also Gallus for the NXT UK tag titles. So. What an interesting time. So I keep forgetting it's 3 p.m. on Thursdays. Right. That's, that's the UK's 8 p.m., right? Hard for me because, like, when NXT UK comes on, I'm still at work. Because that's <laughs> the UK's 8 p.m. is our 3 p.m. It's like 8 over there for them. Oh. And, uh, you can even get a 205 Live one. That show's still on. No, I'm right, I feel that way. And Tool Five Live has a uh, Tony Nice, 
Wow, I don't know anybody on this shit either. Ari Davari and some other guys. Who the fuck are you doing, man? I just don't don't Tony needs an Aria. What the fuck? What happened to this show? Who's that guy that's from the the Saudi Arabia area? Oh, Mansoor, who was apparently had an undefeated strength like a fucking madman. Yeah, do you know that they're doing that? He's he's only on main event, but he hasn't lost since like... The Saudi crowd happy. He hasn't lost since like 2019. And he's always a main event, and they just drop people out to him all this time so that whenever he shows up for that one Saudi show they do and he does that one match, they can bring up that streak and keep the Saudi people happy. I had no idea this shit has been going on all that. I actually went through this and didn't put it in my program at all, but it just hit me when we were sitting here talking about these guys. I just thought of other jobbers, and I was like, you know what? That other Saudi dude is our main event who, by the way, doesn't have a banner. They should at least put him on that banner. If you're gonna give him a fucking hey, Goldberg that's so streak. It's funny how he's undefeated on either. And nobody knows. <laughs> how, no one was my main event in the world at this point. That's so Like, how would nobody funny, know? Like Since, that. you know how many years that is? Since before the pandemic, this guy's had a streak? I didn't even know he was on a show. I thought he stood over there and they just right, used I him when. I thought the motherfucker only wrestled at Saudi. That's not. <laughs> he's been here this whole time. Fucking ghost of Saudi. Like, fucking... You know what, though? But that. But wait a minute. Main event is taped before after what? Because we know main event is just dark matches somewhere. There's been times over the years where they've done angles where everyone's had to line up at the front or all come out together for like speeches and shit. Like when Seth Rollins has to greet the whole locker room and shit. Where's that guy been? Do they specifically tell him and like the other jobbers? They're like, don't come out for that. No one gives a fuck if you're out there or not. Because there's been tons of times where everyone's had to come out. Lumberjack matches or speeches or rewards or when someone wins a title or inauguration. Then all this shit, I've never seen that guy since 2019. He's been on the streak. And who's he winning against the main event? It's still Yoshitatsu and Tyson Kid and JTG. It's <laughs> probably who the only people he's fucking beating. Like, that, that's, that's amazing. How do you have a winning streak on a show nobody watches? Is he still fighting Tyler Rex out there? He still ain't watched his hair, I bet. Remember, Ty- Tyler Rex is female now, right? Has to wash his hair. Yeah, yeah. I like how <laughs> that's the stand. Well, you're a woman, so I have to watch your hair now. Well, by the way, just to follow <laughs> up, and I don't even know why I'm segueing to this, but just to follow up on a previous story, because we talked on here about how uh, he stood with his wife, even though he turned into a she, and that they were together. But then I saw like an interview where later on they talked about how they don't have that aspect of the relationship anymore because she's not into girls, but they have like more of a connection where they stay up all night talking. I'm not going to. I'm not specifically trying to be judgmental of that aspect of a relationship, but I'm just saying that in general, for most females, even the ones that like to stay up late talking and eating haagen and watching fucking old episodes of whatever with their buddies, they're going to want some dick at some point. It's just nature talking. And I'm just saying that it's a, you know, you can't face nature. You know what I mean? Like you can't go up against like just natural course of things. Like people need sex at the end of the day. And if you can objectively look at your spouse or your significant other and be like, yeah, you know what? I'd, I'd be totally fine if this turned into just a slumber party where we just stay up and talk about each other's feelings and what's on Lifetime tomorrow night. Then do hey, you. Nobody goes to pound town. Nobody. Nobody. And I think, and again, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm saying that I'm just interested to see how long um, a relationship can last where you just stay up all night telling stories. You know, I have a relationship like that with my fucking fire stick. That's about it. I'll stay up all night. You tell us stories. No slumber parties. Write it down. 
No slumber parties. You know, this is a fucking shoot. My fucking auto type hitting fucking no slumber panties. Ain't that a bitch? (laughs) No slumber panties. That's amazing. Like this week, people would even notice. Not to get too, but full disclosure, like we didn't, we didn't uh, stream much. And I know you're already thinking dirty things, like because I said full disclosure, like I'm gonna be like, oh, we didn't stream much. That's because we were getting it on. Swinging from some chandeliers and shit, though. No, 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 I was gonna say. I know it's exactly where the direction is gonna go. But full disclosure, you know, this week we didn't stream much. I don't think we streamed at all the stuff from last week's episodes because we're catching up on series. I watched some of that Invincible. I caught Mortal Kombat, just series that I wanted to see. And uh, it's just because we started to realize, you know, with the Netflix and, and chill, a lot of the time people, including ourselves, sometimes actually get more of the chilling than the Netflix. And it was like, holy shit, we're behind on our series. So this was the week to catch up. I just kind of feel like Tyler Rex, if they're staying up on I'm talking, there's going to be a lot more Netflix and a lot less chill, you know? But it's just nature. Anyway, moving along from that awkwardness, part of WWE's changes are going to include an anime series that they're teaming up with Crunchyroll to create. And this is Nick Khan. He confirmed it on that earnings call. He said, as we continue to expand WWE's brand beyond the ring, we remain focused on developing the slate of original programming from WWE Studios. We sold the multi-episode anime series to Crunchyroll, which is now owned by Sony. So hang out to your hat. Sony, Crunchyroll, and WWE are teaming up to bring you anime. So whenever you feel like like, like basically getting away from wrestling burnout and you go to click into your Crunchyroll and your anime, they'll be there too. Stacey said something in chat earlier about their reach, and she was right. They'll reach you even here. It's going further and further. You won't you'll you'll be playing your video games, you'll be listening to your music, you'll be watching your WWE anime dot com. Well all I know right now is I'm gonna need the Titans to come get fucking Pritchard because uh Yeah. George is blaming Woods. No, George, if it was Woods, I'd be excited. I don't know if Woods would have that much power. They're saying it's this Khan guy. People named Pon are Khan are really strong. So uh Vince McMahon during this first quarter earnings report was quoted as saying that the only way that you can, this is in regards to uh, getting a, I'm not exactly sure, I guess creating, expanding like Marvel from DC. And he says, the only way you can do that is to have the best management team in WWE history. And we have that team, a team that's innovative, a team that grabs revenue and has reorganized our company in a far more efficient way. Take advantage of new revenue streams, new online platforms, new consumer products, new content creation, and new opportunities to expand our media rights portfolio on a global basis. I'm always excited about our business. I don't think I've ever been as excited as I am now. So that is the McMahon quote about the new expansion, the new Marvel slash DC expansion of their universe. Oh, God. Sorry, I was just over here sipping on some Diet Coke contemplating that new universe. So if we're doing Marvel... And WWE crossover. Does that mean Alexa Bliss is gonna bring back Tony Stark? Because I won't accept anything else. You better use Jack. You better use your Jack in the box, bitch. I swear to God. Like, well, it's being reported. This is somewhat unrelated. It's funny that that quote came from Vince McMahon about being excited for the future. Is uh, PW Insight is reporting that Vince McMahon doesn't want to do any more interviews anymore. He doesn't want to be on any more conference calls anymore either so if their report is accurate then that means that what i just read you that vince mcmahon quote believe it or not might actually be the final vince mcmahon quote because i only got that from the conference calls which he's no longer going to be on conference calls and he's no longer going to be taking interviews first time in my entire life i have ever heard of such a thing 
What do you make of that? That's an interesting choice, but I don't know how well that's going to go for the investors. They say like, he's still going to run the company or... and he's still going to be a huge influence, but he's not going to be taking interviews or talking in public. Yeah. Ever. Because like, that, that's one of those things where it's like, if I'm investing in your company, that's one of the people I kind of want to hear from, you know? Like, well, maybe you that's won't. just me, but. It is over, man. They're, they're saying that this is it. You're not going to be hearing from him. He's not going to be the guy who speaks. That is interesting, huh? I guess it'll go be Stephanie and Triple H and everybody else. Right. I'll tell you who it isn't going to be. I don't know why I came up with that segue right there and then. But fuck it. I'll tell you who it isn't going to be. Mark Carano. <laughs> there. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Total Divas himself. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's bring the proper visuals up on screen first, right? Yeah. <sighs> okay. So Mickey James was sent a care package. And I'm not talking about after getting four kill streak in Call of Duty. There, were, there, 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 there was no strikes in this. No, none whatsoever. She could not hit right on the D-pad and make any use of this shit. This was a care package. So they apparently packed up all of Mickey James's shit in a bag, in a garbage bag. I'm not even sure if this is hefty. I would hope it's hefty. Does it look hefty? Does hefty have blue straps? Let me know. But anyway. You know, now that I think about it, this is WWE. They wouldn't pay for hefty. She in the tweet said, let's see here. She said, dear Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my WWE care package today. Thank you. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. Hashtag women's wrestling matters. So before we even get into any of this, what are your thoughts on the garbage bag thing? <laughs> what the fuck? That's the balls right there, man. Like, she's only a surefire, guaranteed, no doubt about it, first ballot Hall of Famer, and a trash bag. What the fuck? And if not a trash bag, it was a trash bag in a box, I believe. How would you have suggested for them to pack this shit up? You put it in a box. You put that box on a magical horse and carriage, and you paint on the side of the horse to Mickey. Why? Because... The girls only put her heart into this company, into this entire industry. So I'd like to think if I'm going to send her her stuff, I'm going to make sure to understand, hey, thank you for everything you've done. This is for you. But how would you convey that? Like without it being a garbage bag in a brown box? Oh, my God. Just (sighs) some kind of packaging that doesn't make it look to where I just threw it together. It just like packed it like. Anything you could do to at least convey some kind of effort, which a trash bag does not say effort. It just says, shit, we don't have anything else. Do you want to go out and get something? Nah, what do we got? Ooh, glad. Glad to be part of your company. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I can't even necessarily think of something off the top of my head, but at least think of something. <laughs> like, it's a, multi, it's a multi-million dollar company. They could think of something. Put her things in a box and have some of the girls sign. That's a bit much. That's you a bit too much. I appreciate that more than the trash bag. That's a problem. So what I think is that, however, they have like catering. They have wardrobe. They have everything else, right? It's not like it's unheard of for them to need to ship shit, right? However, shipping is done at the post office should be the minimum requirement at WWE. However, shipping is done. It's not complicated. 
As a matter of fact, if they don't want to do it, then they should have whoever does it send it to the post office and have it done properly. At the post office, they literally provide you all of the stuff there that you need for the size of the thing that you have, along with the box, along with whatever packaging that you need, bubble wrap, etc. So at the minimum, you would think that a company that has catering and wardrobe and a bunch of other things would just have the generic way that you would pack things. We're not asking for them to give her like a big extravagant box, but the question I guess people should ask is, would the post office... If someone went the official route, would the post office put your shit in a glad bag in a brown box like that? And the answer is no. It would probably look better than that. It would probably be better taken care of. When is the last time you received shit from Amazon like that? Just a fucking, you know, just wrapped like, like a big fuck you, basically. I think it's, it is a discard. I know some people are trying to minimize this and make it that, oh, well, you know, what else would it, you know, they're just going to, you know. But that's why I wanted to ask you guys and give you guys some time to think about how you would handle it. Because really... It's not like there isn't a protocol to handle this kind of shit and they just didn't know what to do. We've been shipping things longer than there's been internet, longer than there's been video games, longer than there's been electricity, longer than there's been water that comes through plumbing as opposed from fucking wells, longer than there's been indoor plumbing. Think about that for a minute. Longer than you've been able to get milk from the grocery store instead of from a cow. We have had fucking mail. That is how long mail goes back. We've been sending ravens back since medieval times. People have gotten mail right since the beginning of goddamn time. And this company fucked that up in 2021. Mail. Something that exceeds the existence of some of our ancestors. Think about that for a minute. Like, I don't know if it's ever need to be spelled out to somebody, but um, a trash bag does not convey love you, appreciate you. That conveys just bitch be gone. There's all kinds of materials and things they could have used. They could have shipped it first class. The people they released, they sent their shit in garbage. And apparently, this isn't the first person that this has happened to. Oh no, we're gonna get into that. Oh, but yes, Enzo tweeted and came out. Enzo tweeted, and I gotta give this tweet credit just because I I, I like this. He goes, "What the fuck? That's crazy." But truth be told, I'm trying to figure out how you got them to send you your shit back in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that tweet and I fell the fuck out laughing. It's being called hashtag trash gate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the can was fucking... perfect fucking timing. <laughs> Yo, that was... that was such a dramatic um, effect. Let me, let me, hold on. <laughs> we, we about to shoot for a quick second, okay? I... Re- I reached to move something and adjust it just so it's not in my way. My hand taps the top of the fucking can. It couldn't have been. You have to hear how it came out in the audio. It couldn't <laughs> It couldn't have been a better drop. I have to go back to isolate later because every time we yes. bring up dra- trash gate, we just need that sound. It sounds like when you throw somebody shit out. Just say trash gate and have that. Like it's somebody, that's what it sounds like. That's amazing. Right I'm going to tell you all this shit right now. If you could have seen the look of terror in my face <laughs> for trash the gate. fact that I couldn't get to the fucking mute button quick enough. Oh, it was perfect. I had PTSD from the old days where it's just like, get your fucking shit together. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no one cares anymore. All that, that shit was is for the- awesome. I can't wait to listen to that part back. All that shit is for the rise, not for the basking. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like, they, they this threw. Is the thing. Like, what bothers me so much about this story is like, this company does not have an excuse to have anything more than a dinosaur resurrected from the dead bringing her shit back. 
and they just did the most. They did shit when you are like when you are have like the struggle within the struggle, like when the people you owe money owe people money. Like what? Like the next time people talk about how happy other wrestlers are there, like the fucking one fan that was like, "Oh, Nakamura is happy. He gets to surf and shit." Why would you be happy knowing this shit's at the end of the rainbow? So, the person that's being accused of doing this, which we've kind of spoiled out a bit, is none other than Mark Carano. And you guys are familiar with him. He's on Total Diva sometime. He's Mr. I Fire People. When it's time for them to go. So, Mark Carano is the man responsible, the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. And, uh... He's the one that's apparently taking all the heat. There's been speculation that he's just the fall guy, but I don't know about that. You know, I question that. But like Destin said, there are people who have had bad experiences with him. One of them being Gail Kim, who spoke up recently. And she said, I know the WWE trolls are going to come for me, but Mark was not a good human being. I don't think he should necessarily get blamed for this incident, but I hope this karma makes him realize and wake up. Be nice to humans and maybe things will change for you. So, uh. Yeah, and she's always been, like, pretty nasty as far as uh, hating WWE and the way they treat things. I'm not even going to say nasty vocal because, I mean, all of her shit is probably honest, you know. I, I mean, we, we saw how they gave her that gracious excerpt from that battle royale with such a dramatic elimination where they just told her just to get out of the ring. Well, they didn't mean like that. That's just what she That's just what she did. That was her fuck you back to them. <laughs> you know, they just meant get out of the ring, get eliminated as fast as possible. And that was, <laughs> they meant legit. But she just said, you know what? Fine. And that's what she did, which I don't blame her for. Yeah. They were treating her like shit. Another person who complained about Carano, good old Darren Young, who basically said, uh, let's see. I was constantly harassed by him about losing my job, and I just stayed quiet. So Darren Young came forward, part of the hashtag Mark II movement. Oh. And it's being reported that WWE, uh, Maria Canellis spoke about this, and she basically said that uh, we have drawers that travel as well as bringing stuff from home to the show. So we leave little things we may need from week to week, our gear, makeup, shoes, etc. We take our gear bag home, but a lot of people have heavy gear that is easier to leave at the venue. And uh, yeah, pretty much. They said that this is something that's been a common practice for like a long, long time. It's they, said it's been, they said it's been that way for more than a decade. Maria said that she got one too, you know. He's the one who said that this has been happening for over a decade. So, good old Maria. Jillian Hall also, another person who said that she received packages like that, you know. But she said that, that um, when she received her bag 10 years ago, that she blamed the first per- she blamed the wrong person. Because she tweeted, apparently I blamed the wrong person for my trash bag of ring gear over 10 years ago because she's not with the company anymore. So I guess now she's just realizing that it was Carano, if I'm interpreting that tweet correctly. And yeah, Maria got one last year. And that's when, first of all, Triple H and uh, John Laurinaitis both had the same copy and paste tweet that clearly corporate told them to put on their Twitters. There was basically just, you know, this will be addressed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the person was released or whatever. Stephanie did the same thing, you know, where she put out a tweet basically saying that the person was released from WWE that did this. And uh, Mickey James responded and said, thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate that as I am equally embarrassed. I know this wasn't a malicious act, however. It did feel very symbolic as how I was presented in the last three years. Good one. Love Mickey James. But they ain't ready to talk about that, are they? No, they're pieces of shit. Why won't they be? They are pieces of shit. You but they're saying it openly. Then now forever. For, then now together forever. Then now endeavor. 
then now endeavor it gets really weird from here so <sighs> after this a woman comes forward mark carano's ex oh god <laughs> deborah simmons and her tweet says it's one thing to emotionally abuse and torment humans who can't stomach stand up and walk away but to abuse a helpless animal that's a whole other level of unacceptable but mark carano tried to kill his ex's cat did this throw and, anybody uh, else off when this broke out of the news with me somebody asked her if she was serious and then she tweeted back yes choke the cat and threatened to throw it in the ocean <clears throat> that must be a visual it must look like I the just look up at the screen you it, it, that's ring courtesy ringside but it oh it, uh, it uh it must have been very reminiscent of the michael douglas movie falling down only with cat instead of person at the hostage scene oh my fucking i'll God. throw this motherfucker into the ocean I don't know what's going on anymore. And then she tweeted Triple H, Stephanie, and WWE and said, Mark Carano stores belts that he stole from WWE under the bed in the in the guest bedroom at his West Haven home. Ooh. That's pretty rough. <sighs> and yes, WWE did in fact fire Mark Carano over the Mickey James trash incident he's gone for anybody that was worried that it wasn't going to go that way fightful select reported that he was identified as the point of blame in the trash incident and he was released this situation was taken care of as quickly as possible was the quote and then deborah went on to tweet deborah simmons once again and she said, I hope you all realize that Mark Carano is likely sitting at home with a grin on his face, feeling no remorse. He has been wanting to get fired for a few years because his house in Connecticut was paid off. And with the, and with 20 plus years with WWE, he was anticipating a huge severance package. Oh, man, this girl has it all for him. And then I guess she just kept tweeting. And she went, Mark Carano once told me that everyone working in TR at WWE was a moron, which is why he couldn't take a real vacation. He said he had no one to cover for him. I stuck up for the people, even though I didn't know any of them at the time. And she went, one time Mark Carano yelled at me because I didn't answer my phone when I was called. I was at a funeral. It's like, okay, now you're just being a bitch. You know, chill right, out a little bit. Hold your own. Hold your own. Because we're all on the same side here, but that doesn't mean I let you be a cunt. You know, slow that shit down a little bit. Because where was, you see, this goes back, and I have to go back to the defense of where we are stance on this show. This goes back to motherfuckers waiting until somebody acts out publicly and then going, you know what? I got all this dirt on them. Why didn't you call out Mark Carano before? If he's been such a terrible person, you allowed tons of years of people to deal with his terrible personality and stood quiet until the coast was clear and everybody else was teaming up and then jumped in. Chill out now. We were going to let you slide after the first few tweets, but now you're just being a dumb bitch. Now I'm just in here telling you, you know what? It's not about you right now. Yeah, like, now you're starting to look like an attention grabber. Okay, Mickey James got a trash bag del- delivered to her this week. But yeah, this is about Mickey about James. Chill your ass out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, chill your ass out. This is about Mickey James. I all of a sudden trying to steal the fucking spot. I know the difference between that, you know? I know virtual Mickey pandering. James, I know Maria. I know Gail Gail, motherfucker. I don't know you. This is grifting. This is virtual pandering. That's what you're doing right now. Virtual signaling. signaling you know? Chill out. He even goes on more. Mark Carano would introduce me to everyone as his fiance, which will make me uncomfortable because marriage isn't my thing. Who gives a fuck? We don't even know who you are. Mark Carano enjoyed putting me in sticky situations so he could swoop in at the last minute and try to be my knight in shining armor. What it, what it resulted in is many, many head games that left me confused and wondering, what the heck? Like she, she just went a little bit too crazy. You know what I mean? 
Like I kind of, I know some people disagree, but I kind of feel like now you're now you're just attacking him because you know that he's vulnerable. I kind of find that even if you're a good guy in this, I find that a spineless a spineless way to handle your enemy. Don't kick him while he's down. If I was going to deal with somebody I had grievances with, I'm not going to wait for the world to throw up on them. You know, it's like that's going to be. I I want the pleasure of this fucking kill, and I'm not sharing it with society because society sucks. So why are you partaking in that nonsense? If you have a fucking grievance with somebody, handle it with the person. Don't wait until, don't make it a group thing and be a pussy. Anyway, Eugene, Nick Dinsmore, then tweets, Hey Pinky, where does he store his sexual assault allegations? I think it might just be the tip of the iceberg of creepiness. So good old Eugene is saying something about his sexual assault allegations. That's not good. Oh God. I don't know what you're talking about, Eugene. Nick Dinsmore. But, oh, you better hope that nobody comes forward with that shit. And if it is, I hope it's not just fucking, uh, what's her name over here? Miss Shady. I already forgot her name. That's how re- relevant she is. You should, too. But, yeah. His ex went a little bit ape shit there. Take it with a grain of salt, because, again, there's two sides to every story. And even though we know he did the garbage back then, now suddenly some angry ex is going crazy on Twitter. And her conduct on the platform makes me question. And that's the thing. The way you behave on Twitter will reflect how I think your credibility works out. Her conduct went from credible and it, and it decreased the more she trolled and the more she just started saying, throwing stuff. It was like, all right, now you now you lost credibility in the beginning. I would have bought it, but you just had to keep going. You had to keep going. It was like other people that we had to cut loose from this show. You had to keep going until we decided, you know what? We want to snip your balls off. See what you did there. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it when I when I, I wasn't even trying. I wasn't. Even, I, know, I was just that metaphor was completely. Completely, it's just you know, there's just a part of me that works very well independently of the conscious part. <laughs> it's kind of like it, it's like if you if old time listeners remember back when the whole ta- uh, Taylor Hendricks thing happened with Jay Lethal. I've always said the timing is going to play a huge factor in how that shit goes. Just like I say with Taylor Hendricks, why did you wait until right when he won the world title? I say with this, why do you wait until he gets fired? Like, whether your statements are true or not, your timing is going to play a huge factor in how everybody takes that shit. And sorry, right after a timing, right after a firing, or right after a huge success does not look good. It doesn't. Because you're either trying to kick them where they're down or push them off the top of the fucking mountain. Catch my ass on the climb up. Don't wait till I'm at the top of the bottom. Yeah, so Mark Carano gets cut off. He gets fired. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's justifiable, especially with all of the other stuff that's been happening, you know, and especially something as disrespectful as that. But I kind of feel like the company as itself has always been presented poorly, and that's the reason why we get people who think it's okay to behave that way. So, yeah, you know, I think he's just a small example of the larger problem. If Mickey James hadn't said shit, he'd still be just working there. Mm-hmm. This was just them covering their asses once again. Like, hey, we're going to get rid of this guy and pretend like we gave a shit. Did you see what happened with the Young Bucks and uh, Brandon Cutler on being the God, elite? Oh, no. No? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, no. I've noticed every time I miss an episode, it was some crazy shit happens. Oh, no. I'm going to show you what happened with Brandon oh, Cutler oh, and the Young Bucks. 
No, I'm a long time. Hey, Brett is the son? Yeah, yeah, I'm recording. Hey, we're home. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. Long travel day. Long travel day. We all know yeah. you're out for a few months. You're out for friends. a few months. You, you broke your effing face, right? Yeah, yeah so orbital blowout. Yeah, instead of sending this to your home, we just did. You're not going to need point. your wrestling gear for a while, right? Here you go. Here you go, you guys put all my so, stuff in a trash bag? Yeah, we so sure did. Take that. <laughs> and, uh, you'll in a couple months. Yeah. And uh, you'll be back, man. It's okay, though. So, uh, good luck. Good luck, man. Yeah. You'll like the way you look. Yeah. I guarantee it. <laughs> they make it too easy for them. <laughs> I'm sharing that on our social media. It's up in the chat room as well. Oh, that is perfect. It's so bad because it's not even like I encourage the shit. It's just WWE makes it too easy. They do. It's like a neon sign. Like you can't ignore it. No, he really can't. You ever knows how? You ever knows how they're never really able to fuck with AEW like that? Because AEW doesn't make it that easy. So the firing didn't continue. Didn't stop there. It continues because PW Insider then reported that Mead Rust was fired. He was the vice president of communications, and he was uh, there for the last two years. And before that, he was with A and E for sixteen years. And then Joe Vila, the manager of publicity and corporate communications, who had his job for over eight years. And uh, he was with WW for 16 years and one month. He's uh he's gone as well. And referee John Cohn was kept as a referee, but released from talent relations, as well as Nicole Z- Zioli, the director of talent relations. She was released after 11 years. So this is the people that got hit in that wave, besides Carano. So. Uh, <sighs> They, they, a lot of people, like, they really swung the, the, the freaking band hammer around big time here. Joe, again, Joe Villa was with sick for, for 16 years and he was pub, publicity and corporate communications for eight years and now he's gone. Um, now that being said, later on, it was reported. Well, first of all, Mick Foley then said that he, he, he implored WWE publicly to reconsider the release of John Cone. We have no idea why. But uh, according to PW Insider, John Cone's termination was reversed and he was put back in charge of his, the, the, the relations department. So it was completely rescinded. He's a senior manager for the department underneath John Laurinaitis once again. So they did rescind that. Don't ask me what that was about or why that's going on here. Um, but that one was reversed. So one person was. Now there's speculation going on. According to Fightful Select, Couple things happened. First of all, a lot of superstars were 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 basically quoted as saying "fuck Mark Carano" and that he was a snake. But there's speculation going around that WWE might bring him back eventually because, quote unquote, he knows where too many bodies are buried. Don't go back, Mark. Meaning he might have a lot of information about the company that can throw them under the bus. So, uh, you know, that's the last thing they need is more people who have shit on them. We did hear that this guy was responsible. He's somebody who fought, according to, to Fightful Select, he's somebody who fought for pay increases for the WWE refs. You know, if we're just going to talk about, I guess, a positive note as far as Mark Carano goes. Now, we did find out that uh, WWE today hired uh, Claudine Lillian as the senior vice president and head of global sales and partnerships. She used to be the senior, have the senior leadership position for Fox, Fox Corp, Fox Sports, and Fox Network. So basically, somebody who was formerly in a position similar at Fox jumped over to take that spot in WWE. She's going to report directly to Stephanie, 
and she's going to be part of the senior management team and responsible for day-to-day operations of WWE sales organization. And she's also going to be responsible for expanding WWE's roster of sponsors and promotional partnerships. Uh, so there you go. The official quote is Claudine is a seasoned executive with a strong business acumen and outstanding reputation within the sports and entertainment marketplace. I'm excited for, for Claudine to lead WWE sales division to look forward to her immediate contributions as, as we continue to deliver tremendous value to our world-class partners. So they are putting other people in those roles. And I also kind of find that the fact that they had somebody ready to take that seat so quickly is very telling. Or maybe they were just looking for an excuse to cut some of these people off. Johnny Ace did just come back. You know, this seems to be like a role that was already being scouted. Like they couldn't wait to do this. This is what we were talking about last week about how somebody's moving into your room before you're even done moving out. You know, so there is something interesting there. And uh, Mickey James then went on to uh, to tweet a little bit more. Well, she actually released so rather lengthy statement in which she basically says i would like to uh, to address this one time then we can all move on i have so many amazing things on the horizon the last thing i desire is to have any of that tainted with ugliness and negativity i take zero pride or joy in the fact that someone would lose their job ever especially someone i considered a friend i am confident that vince and the mcmahons had no idea that this is how we were sent packing it hurt a frat a fragile me more much more 10 years ago when my belongings arrived on my doorstep because WWE was my everything. I've grown as a woman and as a person much as we all have in this business. I'm stronger today than I've ever been and smart enough to know that it wasn't a deliberate attack on me. However, the symbolism cannot be denied. I'm sorry that a thoughtless and tone deaf act would cost anyone their job, but I am not sorry that I had the courage to ensure it will never happen to anyone else moving forward. So if that's the final mark in this company moving forward, I am okay with that. When I first started in this business one of the best pieces of advice i received was just leave the business better than you found it kid and that has always been my ultimate goal i love you all so much i am legitimately grateful for my time at wwe and throughout my whole career i'm looking forward to everything that is next i truly hope you are you are too and perhaps you will join me and uh i think that's a very classy quote from mickey and i i will say this and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but there's difference between a young, impressionable girl and a grown woman, you know? And I think that that's very telling. And Mickey talking about how the her from 10 years ago, you know, WWE was her life and that would have hit her harder. But now she's basically saying she doesn't really give a fuck. She has a whole bunch of, she has her own kids. She has her husband at home. She has a career. She's known as a wrestler around the world, not just in WWE. So it's not as big of a jab. And that's the whole thing. A lot of these companies, not just WWE, but companies in general, they would want to take charge and sort of have control over somebody who's a decade or so if not two decades or so younger than mickey because if any of you guys and i'm not trying to stereotype or classify here but this is just based on my experience and i'm sure a lot of you experienced it too but if any of you guys have ever had a co-worker 10 or 15 years younger than mickey in the female demographic you will notice that their job in a lot of cases is their life at that age sometimes at that age people do cling to what they know and what they know becomes what defines them but i have noticed in my experience that older women around mickey's age now aren't that way and it's just one of many channels in which they're projecting you know what i mean it's kind of like and i really hate to make the comparison but it's kind of like billy k and peyton royce getting released now versus billy k and peyton royce getting released a decade from now like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce getting released now is probably bad. It was the first time they're so young. This was like their dream and shit, kind of like it was Mickey's. But 
when you become older after you've gone through shit like this, it's not going to bother you as much. And Mickey is not bothered by this. She has way too much going on. Is way too successful for a fucking garbage bag to do anything, to actually make any sort of statement against a Hall of Famer. You know, so it's just something to chuckle at and just shrug off, really. Like, no one cares. You know? Any other thoughts on this? I mean, hey, best of luck to Mickey wherever she goes next. Because, I mean, if she does uh, decide to keep wrestling, holy shit, whoever gets her. And, yeah, I mean, I'm glad she spoke up about it because if she kept quiet, nobody had known this shit was happening. And she tweeted recently, she said, oh, I forgot, I still have a pro wrestling tea store for the merch they were too scared to make. I think they're having an Earth, an Earth Day sale. You're welcome. And she put hashtag MILF money, hashtag Monday Night MILF, hashtag MILF and cookies. Milf cause, yeah, those are the, That's yeah, awesome. Those, those are the shirts she has where she's like on her knees and like she's like MILF money and MILF and cookies and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we got a nigga the fucking children. Yeah, so... Want to support Mickey? Go over to Pro Wrestling Tees shop and just grab those milf and cookies. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, right. And also we got uh, we got this. I thought was kind of cool. James for the road. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, right, guys? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, tragic stuff. You know, really, really crappy that this is the way they would they were releasing anybody in any company. Quite disrespectful, right? And uh, hopefully they did learn, and hopefully we don't see him come back. Yeah, they'll bring him back. They don't learn. Nah, I'd like to think that they do. I really would. If they learn, we wouldn't be talking about firing people who had no reason to be fired a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll look bad again, you know. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to... How much more bad publicity can this company have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, it's and like I'm almost li- scared that I said that, right? Closely here in Stanford, Connecticut, hold my beer. Yeah, who who knows? Who really knows? We got a couple of Sports Illustrated stories here that I thought were kind of interesting. One of them being... Your favorite buddy that's not in wrestling anymore, CM Punk. And I, you guys know I normally don't bring up CM Punk. He's been out of wrestling for years. So every time a story comes up about whether, whether he's going to come back or not, I don't like talking about it because he's not there. However, this is the most honest I've ever heard this man speak to Sports Illustrated in regards to why he's not coming back to wrestling. And I kind of feel like if you hear this, this should put it to bed for you. You shouldn't ask this anymore. It made such sense to me that it was like, yeah, all right. So he said, I don't know. I've said no before in interviews. I'm not fishing for a deal. I get offered to do a lot of stuff. And I said no. I say no 90% of it just because my thing is I need to work with quality human beings. 
It just seems like maybe in pro wrestling there is a lack of quality human beings. I don't know. I like doing fun, quality projects. If there's no fun, quality wrestling project that gets sent my way, I will listen I will listen to it. I don't need the money. And the way the wrestling business is now, it's wacky. You've got WWE who has multiple billion-dollar television deals, and the television is awful. I go back there, I'm just another guy. And it's not even that. I'd be another guy that's doing not good television. I want to do stuff that's good. I want my name attached to quality projects where it's fun and it makes people laugh, smile, and think, and, and think, and people don't hate watching it. I want to do fun stuff. Like, can you even argue, man? <laughs> you know what Whoa, I mean? The story. Hey, Marks, he ain't coming back at the Rumble. Shut the fuck. Like, up. but can you can you even argue with that logic? Not a single point. Everything he said, spot on. He just wants to fucking do fun stuff. Who wants to be part of this miserable shit? just wants to have fun and guess what coming back to wwe ain't fun no not at all you know why he went to the ufc because he was gonna have fun what do you do have fun well, there's no fun to be had here you know and that's the bigger issue but i'm glad that you know the guy just said look i just don't want to be associated with shitty things that's the nicest way he could possibly put it He is so much nicer than me yeah right like, what else could you want from the man? Like, he's just, like, who the hell want to be part of it now? He ruined his life. Like, Shawn Michaels ruined his. Like, some people have to understand. At a certain point, you have to think of what they want. That's the problem with a lot of, with a lot of marks. A lot of marks don't think in the situation of what's going to make that person happy. They think, no, what's going to make us happy? No good. He comes back here. He's going to be freaking doing the same bullshit angle with whoever the fuck they decide to wheel out for no reason in an angle that's not going to fucking make sense and no, you were just happy because CM Punk's going to be back. It's a, I think it's a phrase I've used on the, on, on the show before. Uh, some people don't think past the pop because once you get past the pop, that's when the fun stops. Yeah, think past the pop. Write it down. There you go. Yeah. Because that is good advice. Yeah, I don't. I don't. This this is a terrible time to ask anyone to stop their life to come back to this nonsense. Because like I always hear people talking about some. Oh, but imagine that pop when he uh when he when he shows up at the rumble, and I'm like, yeah. Imagine being in a shit angle that next raw. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what the funny thing about this, George? Getting his ass kicked in the UFC is gonna do a lot more than coming back a raw. All right. Well. While we're talking, since you, George segued us over to UFC, Rhonda, and this is kind of weird. So Rhonda, she announced in a YouTube video that she's pregnant, which we cannot play here because later on the video was deleted by her. I don't understand. I don't have any information or speculation or anything. I just know that the video is now gone. WWE even congratulated her acknowledging the video and it's just all gone now. I'd like to have more of an explanation for you. I searched for one, but I do not have one. Not sure what this means. Any thoughts? I mean, congrats. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, uh, congratulations. When I, the, when I heard the news, I was like, holy shit. I could finally do it. Maybe they weren't supposed to announce it on YouTube or something? Mm, maybe. Kind of quiet over there. Anyway, that video came and went. I fucking wish I guess I would have captured it, you know? I don't think I'd get in trouble if I would have had it on my stuff, but... I just didn't know that it was going to be something with an expiration. If anybody has a copy or another link, toss it this way, please. I know the screenshot that we have on there is from the actual announcement. But anyway, um, I don't know how far along she is or anything like that either. I believe she said uh, in the video four months. Really? So you saw the video for yourself? 
Yeah, I caught it. Uh, I caught it the day I think maybe a day or two after it came out. Really? So I wonder what time happened. Yeah, it I didn't like expect a... it to go down to that completely. Caught me on left field. Huh. Weird. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know what happened there. We'll, we'll keep keep you posted there because the sooner that that's done with, the sooner she can come back. You know. Yeah. I mean, you're looking nine months. If you're at four, maybe by next year's mania, we'll have to see. I don't know why I'm bringing this up other than for I guess our own amusement. But uh, Joey Janela. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm talking about here? About, this before we about the up. car? Oh, I didn't hear about the car. I don't know what you're talking about then, but he, he tweeted out that he was driving and his hood flew up and it completely smashed his windshield. And that some cigarette smoking angel came out of nowhere and tied it down for him and that they're good people in the world. It's like, to me, the shocking part isn't that Joey Janela was driving a car that literally could be torn apart by the wind that it's riding against. That just sounds like a Joey Janela thing. <laughs> I think the shock, and it was even in the comments of this story, is that the guy doesn't even know how to tie his own fucking hood down. You know? Like, some hot chick came out of the desert smoking a cigarette and had to show him. It almost reminds me of, like, the old Taco Bell commercials. Yeah, you're not much of a bad boy. How could you be the bad boy and, and that happen to you? You mean bad at doing things, not like bad the way like Michael Jackson meant it? Or Fonzie? Yeah, I mean, he, he did never confirm which bad he was talking about. So. Yeah, well, I know which bad I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, when I look at that, I know exactly what bad I'm talking about. All right, moving the hell away from him. In other news, recently, uh, Sports Illustrated caught up with Karrion Cross and they interviewed him. And they talked to him about his relationship with Scarlett uh, and how she uh, factored into his recovery process. And he's quoted as saying, while WWE Medical was treating me the night I got hurt, she was already researching a recovery course I could start immediately the night it happened. She drove me to pick up a very specific machine from the performance center that helped ice the injury. And she helped me in the initial stages of rehab later that very night. She asked me if I needed to go to the hospital. And I said, no, I need to go to Wendy's and grab a Baconator. She's the love of my life. A lot of people don't know we're a couple in real life, but we are. She helped me through this entire process psychologically and physically she helped me with everything people love to be invincible on television but no one really is i was periodically concerned i wouldn't come back in the same shape or how my body would respond to to hitting the canvas she was there for me every step of the way telling me what i needed to hear and not what i wanted to hear so little insight there from sports illustrated on the relationship that these have and what the work is she puts into the stuff yeah she's a ride or die yeah definitely ride or die what else we got here so I guess Dana White is threatening legal action against Jake Paul and Triller. Triller's a streaming service, right? Yes. Yeah, because apparently Jake Paul challenged Daniel Cormier. Don't do it, Jake. Don't do it. And now Dana White got pissed off and he was like, Daniel Cormier, why don't you go fight a fucking boxer? What the fuck do these guys keep talking to UFC guys for? I might have to send another fucking legal letter to these fucking idiots. Yeah, go talk to a fucking boxer. What are you doing? That's Dana White's quote when it comes to this Jake Paul, Logan Paul bullshit. I still can't believe Ben Askren got knocked out in one fucking hit like that, man. That's fucking amazing to me. But then again, you know what the sad part about it is? After freaking that Mazda Ball fight, fucking, let's be real, but Ben could use the payday. This was the, the, the ringside view of it, apparently, was posted on Twitter. Let's run that back for a quick minute here. Oh, 
You even hear his corner go, come on, Jake, just punch. You know, it couldn't be more phoned in than that. How fucking garbage. Oh, my God. Can't believe people were stupid enough to pay for that shit. Like, I'm not watching a YouTuber fight anybody. Like, what the fuck? And if you noticed, this, this is what's going to make this thing really funny later down the road. You ever notice that Jake Paul only ever calls out people who either haven't fought in forever or retired? Yeah. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, Jake, um, Thug Rose is fresh. Just saying, Scooter. <laughs> you want to dance with the big boys? Let's dance. But, uh... <laughs> And Trilla themselves filed a giant lawsuit in California. Um, I guess this is against people that are running illegal streams. So the streaming, the, the illegal streams are being attacked here. They're being taken out one by one. They said one of the spokespersons from Triller released a statement. And they said, it's shocking to think a theft so grand can be done so blatantly and brazenly and steal with no remorse. There is zero difference between what they did and walking into a market and stealing tons of product and selling it at a discount in the parking lot. It's neither civilly nor criminally any different, and we are prosecuting to the fullest extent of the law. There were far over 2 million illegal streams akin to hundreds of millions of dollars. Sites mostly using Google's YouTube, such as FilmDaily.com, AccessTVPro.co, EN Online's to live streams.us, Crackstream. Streamslive.com, sports-today.club, mysports.club, billasports.com, trendy clips, Mike, your extra, Eclipse Gaming, it's it's little Brandon and others that are causing significant damage, not just to the fight club, but content creators as well. So I do find the one that's just called Mike very compelling. You gotta be a cocky pirate for your fucking streaming service to be just called Mike. Because that shit was like sports today, my club, Bill of Sports, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Eclipse Game. So a lot of these places were think. Now, here's the thing. Let's back up. We're going to read this whole statement. Uh, well, I guess that's mainly the, the, the main aspect of the statement. But my issue here, they're saying, just to go over the statement a little, there is zero difference between what they did and walking into a market and stealing tons of product and selling it at a discount out in the parking lot is. I disagree with that statement. And I mean on a scientific physical earthly logical level that is an incorrect statement and it is blatantly being used in order to accentuate the magnitude of the crimes committed here not refuting the fact that there have been crimes committed here but don't fuck with words to make people sound like they did shit worse than they did first of all the difference between Walking into a market, stealing tons of product and selling it out in the parking lot. First of all, number one would be breaking and entering. Number two would be that after you steal something, the thing is no longer there. If I break into a supermarket and steal a ton of the meats and go out into the parking lot and sell them at half price, when they enter the supermarket the following day, they do no longer, they no longer possess that item to sell. That is not the case with piracy. So whether or not you're valid in your point of there being a crime committed, you're invalid in the comparison to it being the same as theft. Because when someone steals something from you, you no longer possess it in any capacity. It is gone. They have forcefully taken ownership over something that was previously yours. And in order for you to reobtain it, you now would have to take it back from them. That cannot be compared to streaming a pay-per-view. So that's the first part where this argument falls apart. 
The other thing is saying that there were over 2 million illegal streams akin to hundreds of millions of dollars would be under the assumption that the people that are streaming this illegally would pay you your hundreds of millions of dollars if there was not an illegal stream there. That's very arguable. This has been argued in the gaming, movie, music, and every industry. You're asking a question that really has to be taken into consideration before you go saying that people took $2 million from you. Because what you're saying is that every person who clicked into your shitty piece of shit, scheming, underhanded, dishonest, boxing, horseshit, hamster cum garbage had every intention of spending $60 or $80 to buy that piece of shit to burn away their Saturday night had they not been able to just click on it. I disagree. I think that most people would have told you to shove your fight up your ass. And to be honest, I think that most people who would have free access to it, like myself if I wanted to, in fact told you to shove your fight up your ass and didn't watch it. Even free was too expensive. Even free, I didn't want to spend my time because I have access to shit free if I want it. But you could take it free and still put it in your ass. So to me, it's just very presumptuous and pretentious that they're going on with their noses up, basically saying two million illegal streams is the same as stealing from a supermarket. Two million dollars lost. You didn't lose shit because no one who pirated that was going to actually pay for your shitty stream. Get off your high horse. Does that make it legal? No. Does it justify it? No. But let's put something where it belongs in the hierarchy of, of stealing and theft and crime. You cannot tell somebody that they're as shitty as a person who breaks into a place and steals from people because they streamed your shitty little event. That's still not right to do, but don't try to put it on the same plane. That's the reason why I don't like internet laws, because they try to go to people that are out of touch, old out of touch judges and politicians, and they try to explain this shit to them, and they use comparisons that are simply not fair. If you're going to use a comparison, then your comparison should be that this is the equivocal to going to a place like Nobody Beats the Wiz, buying a cassette, and then making your friend a copy of that cassette, and then him playing it at a party. That's a closer argument. Because the initial money was still made from the actual source. You didn't lose anything. And it's up for speculation whether or not the person who you made the copy of the cassette for was going to buy the fucking thing. Or whether the people who went to the party would have paid for their own. All of that is subjective. But you know what? You didn't go arresting people when they made mixtapes back in the fucking 80s. Right? But they don't want to look at it that way because if they did, they'd have to look at it objectively and go, oh shit, that's a good argument. We can't arrest these people. Unless we could reverse time because that is how we handle things. And it's the truth. There might be some other argument and some other law that you could put into place, but then you're going to have to argue this legally from a different angle. You cannot come at this from the your thieves angle. Certainly not with me, because I'll beat you every time and I'm a fucking rookie on here. So if you're going to approach this with professionals and with lawyers, then approach this from an intellectual angle that doesn't make you look like a dickhead. And that's sort of what this does today. And also, when you do release a statement... And you call out all of those places. All you did was help their side more than you did yours. Because whenever any place goes down, the first thing people do is they Google the name of that place. So that the search engine will bring them all of the people on Reddit and all of the across the world looking for that place to get the links to the next place that was like that place. You just named like 20 places. I didn't even know some of these places. You didn't win the lawsuit yet. But thanks for the fucking leads in case I ever need to look for something. If my own sources don't do it. 
<laughs> then I have all the ones that you're plugging. So there's another episode of Mental Brilliance. But don't worry, you get paid big salaries to help these companies do the right thing. Continue your due diligence, my friends. We're rooting for you. Good job. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all work out great. And this is just glancing on these stories as I grab, grab, scroll through. Like, imagine having the time to actually contemplate just a little bit of fucking common sense. Good Lord. Like, that's not how you handle this kind of shit, you know? <sighs> what else do we got? Anything else fun? Oh, we got apparently Snoop Dogg. What was this that he was on? Snoop Dogg was on something. I have no idea what this is. This was, oh, this was Hot 97's Ebro in the Morning show. And he talked a little bit about how WWE reacted, apparently, to his AEW appearance. I didn't even know they had a reaction. Of course, you know they do. I just thought they would not show him. But yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what the hell this is. Hey, by the way, although I got to tell you, I did feel a little bit of a way. I felt a little bit of a way when I saw you come out on AEW. You know I'm a WWE man. Oh, stop it. Nah, man. WWE didn't make the phone call, That's what I want to find out. You did. So what happened? They felt some kind of way, too. I I was... Right, but let me tell you this, though. Snoop Dogg ain't no wrestler. He's bigger than that. And you got to understand that what the plug, this is this is the dynamics of what happened. I had a show on T, on TBS called the Go Big Show during the COVID where we put together a show where people could really watch and see, be entertained on some circus kind of shit, like with a bunch of freak shit that was going on. So Cody Rhodes was one of the judges on the show. He's yep. actually one of the top dogs at the AEW Wrestling Network. So as a promotional vehicle to the show, they had me go on there just so I could, you know, co-promote the show or whatnot. But then I get word from them saying, hey, you fucking with them? We want to push pause on your ass for a minute. So I say, cool. They push pause for about two weeks and then say, hey, man, we got this uh, video game and we need your. uh, (laughs) You know what? Since y'all told me to push pause, that'll be double. I need there that. you go. They got the money. Oh, they did. Them up. They did that. I'll be on the wrestling. I'll do. I'll be on a new wrestling game. By the way, Rosenberg, I'll be on a new wrestling game. Word. You, you. Ha ha. So I love how they think they're so important that Snoop Dogg's supposed to give an iota of a fuck that you don't like what he went. I like that he charged them double after they said that they want to take a break from triple. him. They pulled a Rachel. They pulled a Rachel from Friends. We need a break. And then when they took the fucking break, they got they got salty. Ah, WWE's Rachel. Sorry, motherfuckers. Oh, we were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> oh, so we on a break? Okay, this time anal. Like fuck. <laughs> That's exactly what fucking stupid. They got hit with the we were on a break. That is awesome. Write it down. Oh my god. See, this is what happens. When you think just because you're a, you're you're the WWE, you don't stay in your fucking lane. Stay in your lane this time. They charge them double. That's such a good story. Oh my god, that was great. I love, and you know they said that shit with all the confidence in the world. Like this will show them. Then fucking two weeks later, okay, so um, you want double? All right, done. All right. Anyway, let's peck through some more stories here. Side shit before we start with our weeklies. Kayla Braxton, as usual, getting attacked on the internet. A big surprise, right? So what was the problem this time around? A bunch of people were calling her a bronzer after watching SmackDown this past Friday. They started harassing her on Twitter, calling her a bronzer. What is that? Somebody who only wins third place in fucking Mario Kart? <laughs> I, w- I wish that was it. 
pick Toad or Turtle. You'll be better. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> wow. Let's see. Anyway. Um, oh, over. So she's overdoing it with bronzer, apparently the spray tan. So she tweets out and she goes, guys, I'm half black and was in Hawaii for the last five days. Hence the tan. It's not extra makeup. I tan super dark, super quickly. You guys are silly. Every time I've seen a picture of Kayla Braxton, every time I've seen a picture of Kayla Braxton, not in WWE, she's always been surrounded by sand in all my years of covering this. Anytime I have seen her, not with a mic in her hand, she has been surrounded by sand, by a pool or a beach chair or an ocean or a boat. I'm going to take her word for this one. Am I right? Think about it. When's the last time you haven't seen her on a beat? Isn't she the one that got in trouble because right. she was at a fucking party or something? Or COVID yeah. partying or some shit? Spring break? Whatever. Not like, oh, you tan, you're bronzing. That's what bronzing is? Y'all motherfuckers just ain't trying no more, are you? Which apparently bronzing is like when you do like the spray tan and you just go ham. Like, which if y'all bitching about that. I'm, I'm but even if she like, did that, it's just so funny how the internet, they show so much what? tolerance. You have to be an all-inclusive group. No hatred and no anti-this, no bigotry. Ah, oh, that bitch is bronzing. Fuck her. Some of y'all motherfuckers, <laughs> some of y'all kids fucking malnourished with the worst diaper ration on the man. You worry about the bitch bronzing? You people what? are intolerant. Your jokes are intolerable. You don't show respect. You're transphobe. You're homophobe. It's disgusting that you don't know. You're not all-inclusive. Bronzing, bitch. You bronzing cunt. <laughs> What hypocrites, right? It'll only show tolerance. You you could show tolerance, but you're allowed to pass judgment on everything that everybody does. You could you could talk about a person's hair, their extension, their fucking their tan, their eyes, anything you don't like about them. But you're also supposed to be fully loving and it's such an amazing world, right? Unbelievable. She's such a terrible human being compared to rapists and killers. Bronzing. (laughs) Anyway, what else we got here? Oh my god, Lucha Underground. What the fuck are they doing on the story? What is that icon that George has there? Laughing, crying face. Or as we're calling it today, the you got her for Bronx. Oh, okay. You know what's weird? I have to send you a screenshot. The Xbox is so stupid. Their chat um, their chat app doesn't render that properly at all. So I'm looking at it now on our on our chat, like when it appears on our screen and it's fine, but you have to see how stupid it looks on there. It look it literally it looks like an like an old Chinese lamp or something. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> They didn't, have, they didn't have the intelligence to do it. Who does their stuff? WWE? Nah, it, it wouldn't come out looking that good if it was them. It'd come out looking like a trash bag. So Lucha Underground. We talked about this before, right? Yeah, there is the possibility they are coming back. Yeah, I never thought that I would see Under today. a possible new name, though, because I've been hearing the term Aztec Underground getting thrown around. So. Lucha Yes! I will cover it every fucking week if you could promise me that's a drop. <laughs> that's weird. On, on the on the side chat, it comes up as a... I can send you a screenshot later on so you can see. But anyway. So according to Melsa, he's saying that the goal is, is Azteca Underground. Or the goal is to make it like Lucha Underground with as many people from the original show as they can get. That's the idea behind it. You know, if they can get a TV deal. Everything depends on if they can get a TV deal. Then you can make it work for you if you get the right deal. So if they get the right deal... It could happen. Oh, God. AEW has some heat. Well, we haven't used that Mucha Lucha drop in years, right? Right? Oh, my God. We used to have like six or seven people on the panel. We used to use that drop. 
Mm-hmm. So AEW has some heat because apparently they let some of their wrestlers wrestle at the same place as Alberto El Patron. SoCal Censor tweeted out basically saying um, that uh, it was a private event. And then Joey Ryan said, so a couple of AEW talent worked a show last night with Alberto Del Rio, who's been arrested for and awaits trial for kidnapping and sexual assault. But working a show with me, who has never been arrested and never had any legal troubles whatsoever, is where Tony Khan draws the line. So that was Joey Ryan's take. And a few other people gave them heat at the fact that they let people from AEW work an event with Del Rio, who's under those level of charges. Joey Ryan was accused. No one ever came and arrested him or picked him up for the record. So uh, that was his issue with the entire thing. So then one fan tweeted to Joey and he said, you've got at least 15, oh, you've got at least 18 allegations of sexual assault made against you. And here you're on Twitter playing semantics over the wording. And then uh, Joey Ryan tweeted back and he said, this is a false narrative. I don't have quote unquote 18 allegations of sexual assault. Most weren't physical. Some were just flirting or even non-sexual DMs. Of the four that accused me of a crime, there's evidence that directly contradicts the stories told. Does evidence or due process matter? The guy's right, man. Yeah. I I listened to his whole video and he did present evidence and everything. It's like people just don't know what to say. They get angry when you bring that up. Yeah, because it deflates their entire argument. It really does. And they hate that. They hate the deflation of arguments. You know, it's a little silly. But yeah, he makes a valid point there. And Del Rio was literally arrested. This is true. Mm-hmm. So there's been problems with Charlotte again, huh? As far as the public. Cause she doesn't do well with uh, Twitter, huh? Yep. What happened now? Let's see. I know here. one of the things was like people were there, were there was like speculation going around. I know I think one one from Meltzer on why like she was yes. the whole suspension angle. So Meltzer was quoted as saying on the podcast that she was getting a complete makeover done, and that that's just what happened. It's just one of those things where they make you feel real self conscious about your looks when you're a woman in wrestling, and it's just one of the negatives about it. But it's the reality of it. Those are the exact words. And the internet literally exploded with rage at Melsa saying this. Um, he basically said, uh, she basically said, people like him don't confront their issues. This is Sonia Deville, by the way, who tweeted this. She said, people like him don't confront their issues. They hide in the comfort of their makeshift basement studio, insulting people they wish they could be. And then Sean Spears said, once a bag of shit, always a bag of shit. Classic David. And then Moose tweeted to her telling her not to sweat the situation um he basically said wouldn't worry about dave i mean he looks like my vacuum cleaner bag when it's full you look like a goddess don't sweat it so uh, i don't know if his reports are accurate i have no idea what the hell she went to do i never speculate whenever somebody takes right. time off unless it comes up nope, on the sheets we're never really wondering like and uh yes i'm seeing if there's anything else here in regards to that okay so then charlotte basically brings it up so she says yeah i listened i thought dave Meltzer would have learned his lesson last time commenting about women's bodies but apparently i'm fair game so i get to respond again to a rumor about my body again you know what this is when i stop dave go to hell you have my phone number it would take you 30 seconds to ask as opposed to giving straight crap to your listeners grow up for for you for you of all people to comment on a woman's looks do you have any shame decency or professionalism left at all find a mirror look hard dave so that was Charlotte's thing. Good Lord. What are your thoughts? Do you think that this is justified? This this Dave Melser this Dave Melser attack? I mean, we've known Melser sometimes just like throw speculation out there before. But I guess with Charlotte, since it's like not the first time, I could understand her reaction. 
Especially if it's the thing where it's like you could just call me and ask why. Everybody else, I'm not too sure. But I feel like Charlotte, I can kind of understand it a little bit more just because, I mean, it's about her. So. Yeah, I just found that people took super offense. You would think that he called her a fucking bitch or something with the way they were like, oh, my God. Like, they attacked everybody, jumped on this thing. I mean, maybe he he is. He tends to just talk to talk. I mean, I don't know where he got the impression that she was having her whole entire fucking body redone or anything like that. I mean, that's right, a bit like, excessive to think that, like, like to get everything, like, from top to bottom, whether it's going to re-chisel a new Charlotte. Like, that'd just be weird. But uh, Andrade uploaded a few photos um, of him and her, and he put workout, diet, facials. I show them without filters and without makeup what my fiance Charlotte looks like. And for all those people who comment that she has a hundred thousand or a hundred million surgeries, quote, then he put in parentheses, just one, please stop talking shit. And he tagged Dave Meltzer. I, I guess it's the ultimate insult to say that she had work done because everybody jumped on this guy for that. I mean, it, it could be inaccurate and he probably should not speculate, but wow, that really caused a lot of heat, huh? Yeah. Well, good luck, Dave. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, ain't much else you can't say. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know how this came to be. But good luck, man. In other news, our buddy Kalisto, our long-departed friend Kalisto, who was released from WWE, Wrestling Observer, they were saying that, uh, probably Melser, just to let you guys know, they're basically saying that uh, Kalisto was really pushing to get out of the Lucha House party. And, uh, you know, basically, he kept asking to get out of the group, and then they kept telling him no. But then after that, Metallic and Dorado asked if they could be the team since Kalisto wanted out anyway. So that's when they shot that angle for them to split. And they never had a plan for Kalisto to actually feud with them. They just took Kalisto out of the stable to quote-unquote pacify him. And then Dorado and Metallic remained on TV, and Kalisto wasn't used and then got released. So he didn't want to be in it. They wanted to keep him in it. Then they said, fine, we'll Kate take you out of it. And they released him. Now you know what happened. Terry Funk has tested positive for COVID-19. Yes. Good old Terry Funk. Even even a hardcore legend like him is susceptible to it. 76 years old. Contact contracted it from attending church a few weeks ago. But aside from being in isolation, he's fine. Nothing happened to him. He's not really. He's fine. I'm just going to note that a 76-year-old man has it. No real symptoms. Perfectly okay. Good to know he's going to be okay, though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Ryback, while we're talking about COVID, tweeted some stuff in regards to it, and I want your opinion on this. Do we got a Ryback drop? We used to have a Ryback drop. How can we not use the Ryback drop anymore? Right. I remember the one, too. It was the Matthew one. <laughs> Yo, I yeah. love that that screenshot popped up right when that play. I didn't even mean for that to be the thing. I almost wish it would have just clicked right off just for that. Just right back, black screen. Yeah, so he basically tweeted. He said, it's perfectly okay and responsible to not want to get a vaccine, just like the whole mass deal. Don't let ourselves get distracted and focus our attention on others. Many people haven't been sick in years because they've properly built up their immune system. Let's live life. I support everyone who wants to get them and support everyone who doesn't want to get them. And apparently this got him heat. <laughs> What's your opinion? Well, first of all, at this point, Ryback just existing gets him heat. But, uh, I mean, not the worst thing he's ever said. I guess when it comes to like the level of stupidity with some of the shit he said in the past. 
But at the same time, I'm kind of like, especially when it comes to the whole mask thing, like, put, put, put your mask on. Don't just be running around willy-nilly, no mask and frilly, like, no, dude, fucking, like, come on now. So I don't have a horse in this race, but I, I will say this. The flu vaccine was developed years and years ago. How many years ago? Does anybody know the origin of flu vaccine? We discussed this on here before, right? It's somewhere in like the 30s. It's been around for a while. And it has like what up? What was it? A, a 40%? Yeah, around, around like a 40% success rate. A 40% success rate with the flu vaccine. And that's after being around for decades. And it's just amazing to me that something that's only been here for a year, a little over a year, and they have a vaccine with like a 90% success rate or something like that. That's amazing, considering we aren't right. even able to master the flu one. I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to sway your opinion one way or another. I would just say, if this concerns you, I would at least do research or ask questions such as, how is it possible to have a vaccine for something that we just discovered at a 90% success rate when something that's been around like the flu for decades, we haven't been able to cap over 40? I'd ask those questions. I'd ask questions like, why has Bethesda been patching Skyrim for almost 20 years now and you motherfuckers can get a vaccine right on the first try in a few months? Because if you're that good, then you should patch Skyrim and Cyberpunk. You were able to chemically create something that can end one of our worst pandemics in under a few months faster than they were able to patch video games. Faster then Apple users get the latest iPhone firmware faster than Microsoft was able to release the latest dashboard faster than Windows was able to perfect the latest update faster than Android was able to release version 11. You understand what I'm saying here? I'm just saying that there are some fucking questions that need to be asked here about the creation and developmental process. And it's not like just one place was able to do it. Lots of them. I don't know anything about the vaccine-making process, aside from the fact that it's much faster than the video game-making process, than the flu vaccine-making process, than anything. It's the fastest thing ever. It's the fastest thing alive. Shit. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> this thing, that's amazing, man. Like, I, we're, 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 I'm just saying we're amazing people. Humanity, man, we've come a long way, dude. From people who can't even patch a bug out of a game to people who can create something that you can inject into your body for a disease we discovered only a few months ago that we can kill like that. And it's pretty successful. Who knows what other kind of shit they could whip up in the lab? I personally, I'm not a scientist. But if I was some sort of a, a chemist or a scientist, I'd like to believe that the way it works is that it would be challenging for me to be able to give you anything that can help against some shit that I don't know much about. But if it's something that I actually made myself that caused the issue, it might be easier for me to reverse engineer it. You know what I'm saying? Like if I accidentally made something that could make you sick, the reality is I'd probably be the closest person to making you well again because I already know the chemical basic compilation that got you to your negative spot and I can probably start the path toward reverse engineering that might only take a couple of months because I know what I did to get you fucking sick but for me to know how to cure you from something that came from nowhere as a scientist just put yourself in that perspective that's just I'm just saying it's impressive I'm not saying I don't believe it any more than I'm saying I don't believe in the new character in Mortal Kombat 
I'm just saying I'm impressive the way they were able to just stick that in there and write over it. And I heard speculation that some people who get a second shot, it turns out that they're going to need a third shot. Maybe because the first two didn't work. And then they found out, oh, shit, look, we're supposed to add this. We're supposed to carry the, the, the seven. And now they're like, hey, guys, it turns out that there's a third one that you need. And then a few months from now, they'll be like, oh, shit. Fuck, you might actually need a fourth one, it turns out. One day we're going to get this shit right. We're going to pump enough shit in you that one of these is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and if all else fails, Robitussin. Robitussin. <laughs> we're going to pump you with enough shit. One of these is bound pump to work. When I, by, by the time this is over, we may not know which one worked, but you have enough shit in you one that you were protected from all. <laughs> one of them must have done it. Was it the first or the second? And 20 years from now, there's side effects and people are like, don't worry. We got a shot for that. Everybody get online. <laughs> this is just my pessimistic satire. Make your own wise decisions. Don't go by my dumbass. What the hell do I know? I'm just some guy on a wrestling podcast with a picture of Ryback with a needle in his chest on the screen. <sighs> Let's see. Do we have anything else that we need to bring up for this? Oh, Paul Heyman, he was recently on uh, Talking Smack, and he meant he 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 basically put over. You know, he's always putting over people there, right? We talk about that on here sometimes. Oh. Well, this was another one of those interesting moments. You got a target on your back now, Sasha Banks. That child will not let go of a grievance, and she has a grievance with you because you have everything that her life revolved around. Imagine what you would do to someone that right now pried that away from you and your life. Look at the anger that's coming over your face just at the mere thought of it. That's what's going through Sasha Banks' mind 24-7 at this very moment. But it's not just Sasha. It's Natalia. It's Tamina. It's Shayna. It's Naya. It's 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 Bailey. It's every single member of the roster. Everyone on Raw is now saying, hmm, I wonder if I get over to SmackDown, challenge Bianca for that title, because Bianca was victorious in a WrestleMania main event. This is your time. It could be short time. It could be for all time. You're the EST. Understand what you're up against. Defy the odds. Beat your own expectations. Have a better tomorrow than you did today and have a better two days from now than you do tomorrow. And when you come back here, come back every bit more the legend that you're destined to be. A position and a, and a, and a moniker that's so far beyond any other rookie I've ever seen in WWE you have earned. It's an honor to sit next to a champion like you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, she's on her way to being a Paul Heyman girl, huh? Fucking love Paul Heyman sometimes. I swear to God. Yeah, now they're doing a really good job. You gotta be so excited to get on talking talking back nowadays. Cause it's like, oh, what you got for me today, Paul? Yeah, right. Good stuff. Like there. he means that shit. That's not like let me just write down some nice shit to say. Like that's Paul Heyman speaking from the heart. Yeah, it really is. Well, be interested to see where her run goes. So, uh, BT Sports recently had caught up with Daniel Bryan, and uh. Apparently, his contract's coming up pretty damn quick. He said his contract's up relatively soon. He's still trying to figure out what he's doing with his life. So, the possibility that this might be the end of the Daniel Bryan run that we're on right now. So, just something to keep in mind. They're going to need to do an angle or something if that's the case, if they're actually not going to commit. Um, there was another report going around wrestling. Um, basically, uh, Trey Miguel 
was on a wrestling podcast and he said that MSK has a meaning, but they don't know if they want to go with it or not. So what they were told is that they're going to just call them MSK and see if the internet comes up with something better than what they have. Ain't too many other ways to spin that than what we know it means. Well, they want to come up with something better. I don't know, man. I have no idea. I don't know what they come up with better than Mario Striker Kids. All right. I don't. <sighs> Who knows? Anyway, as fun as this has been, let's talk about the damn weekly so we can get out of here. Oh, the there was a lot weeklies. of shit this past week. Yeah, there was a lot. There definitely was a lot. Uh, where do we begin? I guess we're going to begin with NXT, which, by the way, NXT, let's see if we could bring it up. They have new music, don't they? They do. Let's get that up on the screen real quick. I want to get past their fucking then now endeavor shit. You know how that goes. Then they now endeavor. Yeah, not mine though. It's so much longer than the old one. And I I just noticed it tonight. Yeah, the random little sound bites of catchphrases. Uh uh-uh. uh. So this is the song. Alright, well, I mean, there's been so many NXT songs at this point, right? Oh my god, there's been at least, there's been almost 10. Yeah, so there was the song. Meh. Kyle O'Reilly does a promo. Out comes Cameron Grimes. Um, I don't know, pretty much doing the same thing he did to fucking uh, Adam Cole, you know? Yeah, my, mine is the Grimes, the system. I mean, I'm sorry, what he did to Roderick Strong. Well, we, can, we can even get this jacket printed up, but... They're loving it. You hear it? That's at least a couple people that already bought it. That's at least a couple people that already bought it. <laughs> I fucking love Cam. Unbelievable. Uh, what was the first official match here? I first believe match, this oh, it was uh, Dexter Loomis and L.A. Knight. Dexter Loomis and L.A. Knight. With the finish being... um, It was like an ugly rope DDT. And it starts off because he's he's basically I guess he has feelings for Indy as well. Let's turn the shit down a little bit. See, he's getting distracted by his girl or his his potential love interest. I mean, look at how ugly this is. Look at how ugly that is. You see that? This guy sucks, man. How do you guys like this guy? No, that was, his original finisher was an air raid crash. I don't know what the fuck they gave him. Right, but even even that is bad. His, you know what his, I mean? His actual finisher. Way better than that shit. What is Indy Hartwell doing out here? Like, watch how bad that looks. One more time, just so you could see. Indy Hartwell showing her support for I, Dexter Loomis? I mean, look of concern by... That's a look of it. Looks like shit. Indy Hartwell... Oh! Bullshit. now. What? Garbage. Trash. No, like just, just give, give him his fucking old finisher. But this guy shouldn't be going over Dexter Loomis anyway. This guy shouldn't be going over Dexter Loomis either way. They, they don't fucking know. even down in NXT now. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like what, what happened to the old blueprint of like you throw him in there with a couple of jobbers, let people get familiar with him first. They just threw him right into the feud with a guy. Yeah, which is kind of silly, you know. And again, he doesn't have any business going over somebody like Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis is like in a, in a better angle in a situation for some random guy that's new to be there. You know, and then the Indy Hartwell thing happens here at the end. And then they like give him a shade the new finisher. Just everything about it. Me. 
Here comes some cock blocking. You ready for the cock blocking? Three, two, one. Yoink. They cock blocked her out of the way. That's what I have to say. Disgusting. So there's a funny little side note to this too. I didn't realize how far this is going, but I don't know if you've ever seen it on YouTube, Rick, but like every now and then when wrestlers will like get together and they'll go back and watch like some of their favorite old matches and stuff like that. Like I know like Jeff and Devon did it with their first TLC match. Mm-hmm. Well, the way they did it with uh uh the Adam Cole two and Johnny Gorgano two out of three falls match. What's funny is that <laughs> when when Indy introduced herself, at first she introduced herself as Indy Wrestling Loomis, and Johnny goes, cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> so they're even keeping it in the side. <laughs> I have to say to you one thing, and it's so fucking funny. Because in my head, I was like, oh, this isn't just for TV. This is everything. Now. Hey, what's up, Tomas? Tomas Garcia over on Facebook. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't have that chat up. And yes, of course, Keith Thompson, which I believe is King Quest in this chat. Yeah, sorry, guys. I totally didn't have that up there. Oh, boy. Anyway. Yeah, good old Dexter here. What else did we have going on? So we had uh, Taya Valkyrie, who who basically interrupts uh, Io Shirai and Beth Phoenix's uh, interview. Yeah, because she's basically interviewing on her on pretty much how she's been feeling since losing Raquel at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. I did like her at the greatest finisher I've ever seen in my life in this moment. I did like her going, I like cats. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a shoot because I believe she owns a cat. I like how Japanese she became so if I could get to that far. Horizon. What's next for Io Shirai? Rest. I defended my title for over 300 days. You know, my body needs time. So I can come back, overcome the challenge of Raquel Gonzalez and take oh, back. Oh, 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 oh hello. There's a dog. Oh There's my a gosh, dog I'm so, oh. I'm so, so, I'm so, so sorry. Oh. That pressy. Pressy, how did you get in here? Oh my God. I just wanted to take a moment to formally introduce myself, Eo. I'm Frankie. Frankie Monet. And congratulate you on an iconic and amazing title reign. And you, Beth Phoenix. Oh my gosh, I've been a fan. Like I've been watching you since I was a kid. And I and I didn't mean to eavesdrop or anything, but um, since you are going to take a little bit of time off, well deserved rest. You know, I'd be willing to fill your shoes as you know the top of the women's division. And my shoes are, I mean, better anyways. Oh, just on my um, I don't really understand. Man, I like cats. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> having a bad day. <laughs> Delivery was fantastic. He shot that at her. <laughs> oh my god. You said that shit with malice. I like backstage Andy Hart was trying to spill her heart about, about Loomis in an interview and even Bronson Reed come back and he's like, Don't you just love love? <laughs> just rubbing salt in the wound with them. Oh my god. I swear to God, the way might be one of my favorite parts of NXT. Yeah, they they are for sure. It's Absolutely. So fucking funny. Like 
Tag team match Brizango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze against the Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson with the Grizzles going over here. Take it to Mayhem for the win. Mm-hmm. Singles match of Saray going against Zoe Stark. This is Saray's debut match, right? Yep, this was her first appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, her finish, what is it? It's like a spinning heel kick. Uh, and then a forearm into a Saito suplex. Yeah. Let's that have a look. A and hell of a combination. I could be wrong, but let's just have a look here. A debut here in NXT. Saray trying to block the suplex. Could feel it coming. Stark now holding on. Saray goes up for the ride. Lands on her feet. Stark goes down. Saray measuring Stark. Spinning heel kick under the jaw. Stark is rocked with a form. Stark could be out on her feet. Saray hoists up. Stark and plants her. What a suplex. Into the cover goes Saray. Hook of the leg. Saray. That she hit that bitch one. with like three different finishers and just said no, die. Mm-hmm. Like any one of those moves, she could have just stopped and went for the pin. It'd have been it. Yeah, right. There was a there was that double drop kick, including that bad basement one that she does. Also, I wanted you to see here. I thought that looks really brutal. So here comes the regular one. Kicks you, sets you up. Once the person's dropped down, hits them with this. Very solid looking there. This is a vicious new addition to, the, to that woman's roster. Mm-hmm. Like, everything yeah. she did in this match looked like it sucks to take. Yeah, I need to see more of her, though, before I'm convinced. I'm not as convinced with her as I am with uh, the other girls that they've brought in. You know? Yeah, I mean, this was a nice little warm-up match, but yeah, like, the next one, I want to see more. Mm-hmm. So, the night continues to get rough for the way, because then this shit happened to Candice. Just the two dummies I was looking oh, for. Oh, yeah, because see, you still have something that belongs to us. No. Yes. Oh, you guys are. Yes, you're not even a team. Mm-hmm. We're family, though. We are family. You know what? You guys, family. What? what? How does Indy feel about that? Yeah. How do you feel, Indy? You were saying. It's more funny to me that they close the door behind her. Like, y'all don't want to see what this shit's about to fuck. Yeah, because you know it was brutal. <laughs> I just love that her plan was, okay, splash the water and then run. Don't just walk away. Splash the water. Prove a point. Then run. What else do you get? You get a NXT Cruiserweight title match. Kushida going over Oni Larkin. Uh... Ever-Rise, Chase Parker, and Matt Martell have a match against Imperium's Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel with Alexander Wolf at ringside. Uh, I believe it was a... I forget exactly what the finish to this one was. Run that by me again. Uh, let me see what we have. Oh, yeah, it was uh, the elevated diving spin uppercut. Right, right. And then... Uh, Okay, then afterwards, what a fight, what a there's an attack, right? Really stepping his game up in the cruiserweight division, but that's the man right now. Whoa, whoa, that's whoa, a whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Legato comes out because he wants his title back. And he gets attacked by these guys. There's Mendoza. Legato del Fantasma. The Familia. How does it feel to be the champ now, huh? I 
and Everrise comes to the rescue. I'm sorry, MSK. Oh, I fuck is this? Oh, God. Oh, this is just melting down. Everything. I do like uh, Kushida's new look, though. I believe that is a tribute to Sakuraba. Good, good tribute to New Japan pro wrestling legend, MMA legend. Someone who's always been awesome. Exactly. I, I had just started to catch it this past week where I was like, oh, he, he taped his shoes. And I was like, wait a minute, that looks like a Sakuraba shade orange. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Glad they did that. The main event was Kyle O'Reilly against Cameron Grimes. To the man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, finish to this match was that flying knee, right? Avalanche flying to the knee. Back. Mm-hmm. Overall, good match, and both guys can work. I definitely have no issues here. Um, oh, no, no complaints. You know, very solid stuff. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Cameron Grimes. I want him to just be a joke, though. You know, I'd like to see him do more than that. I'm glad that Kyle's getting the push that he deserves. Oh, exactly. Have you know? Have you seen, like, some people were comparing his look to, like, an Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I did see and that. You, and, and I you, also and noticed... Just, like, so nobody can wear denim now? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. And I've seen him do the cool Kyle thing before when he was in Ring of Honor. It's not like he just came up with that for NXT. So it's silly that they would be like, oh, Orange Cassidy, get out of here. Stop it, please. Right, like, I, I mean, I've never seen him do it, but it's like he's somebody who could pull off the denim look. Mm-hmm. That's a look that more people besides Orange Cassidy could pull off. Yeah. NXT did 841,000 viewers with a point twenty three in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is up from last week's 805,000 with the point twenty two in the 18 to 49 demographic. Demographic dropped one. So, but aside from that, the, the viewership went increased. That brings us to AEW Dynamite episode 82, uh, which opens with a singles match. Adam, Adam Page against Ricky Starks being accompanied by Hook. Finished being Page ankle lock on Ricky Starks. Afterwards, Hook helps Starks um, jump Page. And the Dark Order comes and clears the heels out of the ring to help him. Any thoughts on that? So the, this actually was a pretty good opener. Poor Starks got folded up by a German suplex at one point. Yeah, that. I mean, the match looked good, but again, it sometimes feels like a throwaway, some of these things that they're doing. You know what I mean? Where it's just kind of like, why is he finding Ricky fucking Starks? Isn't that, isn't that weird to you? Like, of all people? Yeah, it seemed odd. I was like, why Ricky of all people? Like, I don't know. This, it just seems no one gets elevated or, 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 uh, or basically jobbed in this. Everyone's just in the stagnant spot. Except for Adam Page, which is someone that they can definitely run to the moon with, but it's like I don't see him. Doing I feel like with relevant. Adam Page, it's, just, it's getting wins under him because I know he's been what I don't even know that he's lost in quite a while. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Page was running a twelve match uh, win streak on this one. Yeah. All right. Well, it was all right. It was an okay opening match, and Dark Order comes out and helps him. Um, get the flow going. You get a singles match after this. Trent being accompanied by Orange Cassidy against Penta El Cerro Miero with Alex Abrahantes. Finish being Alex Abrahantes hits Trent with a mic, causing Penta to go over with the package pile driver. Yeah, this was uh, different. First of all, Trent looks very healthy. Glad to see he's back and good and go. But yeah, this match was this match was kind of what I expected it to be, which is like all over the fucking place. What's that move that Penta hits? This thing here. This what the fuck? This is like pretty nasty looking. Oh. This, not yet. Trent sent for a ride. Almost got hung up on the turnbuckles on roller skates there. Look at this. Wild shot. Penta Feel like a counter. pump handle. Fuck Penta you. Pump handle sits oh. out. Look at that shit. Just planted. 
Oh yes, I've seen that movie. So that was um that is one that that at least in Lucha Underground, that was one of that was like his backup finisher. That's brutal, like like, man. If, if, like before the package pile driver became his real like go to finisher, that was a move he'd finish people off with. Yeah, good stuff. Nasty now. looking shit, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. I don't think he needs that Alex guy, Alex Barbarantes, because like he's really dangerous. It's like he would be able to beat Trent without without that, you know? Yeah, I'm still trying to. I mean, I don't. So far, the main purpose I'm kind of seeing for him being there is just obviously Penta's limited English. But the other thing, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out the rest of it at this point. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I don't see the point of that. What else relevant happened? They also had the AEW Women's World Title match, right? Hikaru Shida defending against Ty, Ty Conti. Yep. Finish being uh, basically Hikaru Shida catches Ty's roundhouse kick, slaps her, and then four, Fireman carries her into a backbreaker and then into that katana kick. Here's a bit of a visual for you guys to look up screen. Into the backbreaker! Oh. An authoritative backbreaker. And the backbreaker followed up by the katana right on the mark. One, two, three. Ty's gotten good. This was the best match she has ever had. I was so proud of her by the end of this. Mm -hmm. Like, that was absolutely incredible. I don't know what the fuck they were doing with her in NXT. Whatever it takes. This was a cool move here. It's like a. The Karshita. Look at that. She has her draped across, across the top turnbuckle. And then she hits her with like a senton here. Looking to put the champion away and leave here. And Ty Conti the senton across the spine of the champion. Could it be here? That's creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very creative. That girl is very good. Like I I think I've even seen on social media, even after the after um the dynamite. She was like every first of all, she got so much praise on social media over this match. Much deserved. But I mean, just the fact that she even got the opportunity was amazing to her. Yeah, definitely. And she's come a long way. Goes to show WWE's developmental isn't perfect. This witch's shot thing, I hopefully this is the right timestamp here, but I also like this. Because obviously blurred at that point, you lose your equilibrium, it's not a good situation to be in. Uh oh, Hikar Shida has Ty Conti. Oh, oh the spine across the turnbuckle. Hikaru Shida calls that the witch's shot. And that shot might have allowed her to retain the Women's World Championship. I thought she died. <laughs> Very good looking. Very cool, man. She got close. Like, she almost pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was relevant to this? I want to speed through this because it is getting late and I want to have long shows all the time. Um, the Inner Circle have a promo in the ring. Good promo as always. I will say this. Santana really grows on me, man. The more I watch the inner circle, the more I'm seeing fucking Santana. I'm you know? telling you, that guy is good. He's always been good. You just gotta stick with him sometimes. I'm totally a Santana mark at this fucking point, man. Like, there is a guy you can push. Look at how good he is at everything, right? Wow. There is a guy. He's a character in this storyline, huh? But oh, yeah, man. I wanted to bring bring a little bit of that into focus. In case you guys have been paying attention to Santana, start, man. Trust me. Nailed it. But the thing is that I want to know is we watched the little inner circle, uh, little pinnacle sit down with Jim Ross earlier, but none of them ever say anything. I mean, MJF is always yakking and Wardlow says something, but I couldn't pay attention. I was too busy looking at his stupid manicured eyebrows. 
But none of them say anything. They're like a bunch of mutes. No, no, actually, actually, Chris, actually, if my memory serves me well, since day one that they walked into this place, right? They've been name dropping. They've been calling us out, saying that they want to wrestle the best. But then they wait till they have a crew behind them to then step to us, which I must say is smart on your part. But where we come from, we call those bitch moves. Now boys, we saw the color of your blood, but come May 5th, we're gonna see the size of your heart. Well, Santana's right. They've been talking behind our backs, but MJF never. Yeah, I like Santana, man. You're fucking good. That guy's always been. Whenever, even when him and Ortiz were still in TNA, that guy was always the one where if you put the mic on one of them, it was always him. Yeah, and man. awesome. That's proof of why. A very cool Santana promo there. Oh yeah, I like that because like I, I got chills watching that shit. Yeah, there's still cool stuff in this company, you know. But then we get Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall. He's being accompanied by Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado or whatever. Dude, I don't know any of the fucking jobbers that got involved in this match, aside from Billy's sons, who I barely know. And what sucks most about this is Billy Gunn, whether you like him or not, you do realize that in wrestling right now, he was like 17 and oh, He hasn't lost like a match in years of running indie circuits and being in AEW. He was 17 and oh, 9 and oh in AEW. His first loss was on this episode for this bullshit QT Marshall thing with all the stupid young boys that they have. You know what I mean? Like, why give a guy a 17 and 0 with a 9 and 0? Like, like, and then break it because QT Marshall and the young boys did some stupid interference. You know, it's just like dumb. And then afterwards, Dustin Rhodes comes out. He does the running, but too late because Billy Streak's already broken. And he's like, I guess he's going to have to face off with his former partner. And that's supposed to get me excited. But it's just not there for me, man. I don't give a fuck about the relationship between Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. I don't give a single shit. They're trying to push this like if it's Dustin and Cody, and it's not. I don't give a flying fuck about QT Marshall's relationship with Dustin. Am I the only one that they're building it? Like when the two of them faced off, like I was supposed to be this moment for me. Like, oh, but I don't give a fuck. Is it just me? No, not just you. Why would I care about QT Marshall's relationship with Dustin? They didn't give us enough for that. I don't get it, man. Well, they didn't give us enough on Dynamite, but for the people who stick to Dark, they had plenty enough. Oh, come on, man. That was a, let, let's be real. A lot of people, we don't like watch Dark all the time. There's a lot of people, they live, eat, and breathe Dark. So they well, then those Dark people should wonder how come... Well, those dark people should be questioning how come QT Marshall was able to have a girlfriend like the bunny while being married to a woman for like decades, apparently, because on the dark storyline, they, they said the whole reason he was with the bunny was because of the fact that she wanted to basically run and throw all his money and shit, right? How? If he was married already. I mean, shit, we got years of Jerry Springer. They could figure out a way. Yeah, well, they need to figure it out because if the dark people are dedicated to dark, how come they didn't question that fucking angle? You know, it doesn't make any sense. The inner circle... They get they get Ramsey Bolton because they're like, well, who's honking that horn? <laughs> Glasses yeah. are off. Trouble. Take your time. All you people that hate the elite, hate what we stand for, hate what we're all about, think we're maybe a bunch of egomaniacs. So I got news for you. It's pissing me off. You hear it? You hear that? I will kill that man. 
I don't care how many arrows they feather me with, how many spears they run through me. I will kill that home blowing cunt before I fall. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. You see, the, the thing that really pisses you guys off, I seriously can't. Can we call a security job? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Gallus, Gallus, what is out there? Noise. Hey, guys. Who's honking the damn horn? I can't bust out. 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 I can't Look who's at the wheel. Didn't they say come get him? Did John Moxley and he takes him. Just broadside of the Elite's trailer. You got the pipe. Got the pipe. You got the pipe. Oh, boy. You think this is a game? Young Jackson. It's pretty scary. How are they gone already? I noticed when they went in that nobody was in. They ran out the side. Like they were gone, man. That's a fact. They've teleported. Motherfucking saw they that just second they saw the truck moving. Get the fuck out. They, they peefed out there. Anyway, singles match. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say you'd be surprised how fast fear make you go. So anyway, singles match: Christian Cage against Powerhouse Hobbs. Christian goes over. I do remember that much. I honestly don't remember. Was it a splash? I think I don't even fucking remember, dude. Honestly, Christian's not outworking anyone. Like his matches aren't capturing me at all. Yeah, but yeah, he um he went over with his kill switch, or I'm um, pretty, or depending on which company you're in. Oh, he did. Okay, must be confusing with another match. I'm just not finding the the matches. Like he's okay, sure, but what are we get? What are we getting from Christian? That's really like I don't think Christian Sting or a lot of these legends are really doing anything. Like. We could have had just as quality of a dynamite without Powerhouse Hobbs being added, you know? Yeah. So anyway, next is AEW TNT title match. Darby Allen defending against Jungle Boy being accompanied by Luchasaurus with the finish being Darby Allen going over. Um, this, this time was... uh, by submission due to the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he did his coffin drop off the ring apron. I've seen him do shit like that a couple of times, but he's going to wind up dead if he continues to do shit like this. This is, this is what I was talking about earlier. Darby Allen making this a dirty fight that plays more into his strength than it does Jungle Boys. Darby's probably not ever going to be confused with a catch as catch can uh, expert. No, he certainly, I mean, he has a tremendous background, but he favors attacks. Coffin drop? Like the coffin drop on the ring apron. Dangerous, Darby man. Dangerous. Risking. Absolutely dangerous. I didn't expect Jungle Boy to go over. Darby Island's too white hot. They can't. They can't put that out right now. No, but I do like the fact that, and this is actually something that was uh, pointed out to me by another friend of mine who watches AEW. Like you said, yeah, it's elevating Darby. But do you realize? And I think the last, oh my god, I want to say I can't remember exactly how many weeks it's been in a row. Darby's been main eventing Dynamite after Dynamite after Dynamite. They're not just random, which we'll get into it when we talk about Raw, random open challenge. We got to waste three minutes. It's like, no, the TNT title's on the line, and this bitch is headlining the show. And, and he's a credible open challenge. You make it a serious thing. And he's a credible champion. Exactly. And the guys he's fighting, it's not like he's barreling over them. Like, he's getting fights out of this. Like, Darby has been going to war week after week after week since he become t- since he become TNT champion. Yeah. 
I agree with you there. 100%. And it's good because, I mean, it's giving opportunities to some of the guys. Even if we know Jungle Boy is not going to lose, not going to win, it made Jungle Boy look fantastic because he hung in there with Darby. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, these two were able to put on, like, a really good match. And we know Jungle Boy is already good. So yeah. you put the two of them in the ring. And this is what we need in AW. If we're going to do stuff like this, then sure. You're going to have a title. I wouldn't even call it a mid-card title, but just a secondary title. And you're going to have two of the younger guys that have worked and been developed then fight for it. You're going to have, like, a legend at ringside. Like, so far, this is a good formula. You know what I mean? And this worked. They have more going for them than, than WWE, for sure. There's no fucking question about it. You know, like, yeah, they have their problems, but this is a better company right now. Exactly. You know? And I almost started, I wish I would have thought about it earlier when we were talking about the Christian match. What I've realized with a lot with a lot of fans now, yes, they're getting the good matches. But at some point, I think, especially with as much as we know with how things go on in the back, some of these fans are honestly just see, happy to see these guys not there. Like, let's be real. Majority of the fans don't give a shit if Christian's outworking everybody because they know Christian's not getting set into a match just get kicked in the head by Orton every week. He had to treat it with more respect. Yeah. Just, they, they, they see more. They, 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 there's, actually, there's probably some actually path, some actually path in an end game that's going to reach the end of Dustin Rose and QT Marshall, whereas they'll start shit in WWE and then just be like, ah, we're bored, kill it. It's kind of like that whole thing I said, like, if you're going to run the race, get to the finish line. Just don't tap out in the middle. Because at that point, it's like, what was the point of even starting it, you know? Well, at least we do see progress here. Yeah. And if yeah. I had to drop one company or one brand right now, it would be Raw without a heartbeat. Oh, at this point, I'm this close to Raw just being, okay, I'm going to skim through the highlights on YouTube before the show starts. Yeah. Because no, at this still- point, I feel like it would just be the same highlight every week. I watch it in the background, but only because it's in the background anyway, you know? At this point, I think the highlights are almost good enough. That might be... You know what? Fuck it. That's what I'm, I'm calling it in the air right now. That's what I'm going to try next week. I'm going to try to have Raw in the background and see how accurate I miss it. I mean, how else would you watch Raw? Sadly, I've been doing it directly. Maybe maybe that's why I have gray hairs now. I mean, I'm sort of doing it directly, too. Like, it's on the big screen. I'm just looking at my laptop half the time putting together this program. But... You know, you know what the funny thing about it is? I've gotten to the point with Raw. I refuse to watch it on my TV. It's literally on my laptop right in front of me. Yeah, and no, I have it on my big screen. I'm working on the program. But, I mean, it, it actually makes it better than sitting there for the three hours. Yeah, I might have to try it next week and see if it makes the pain a little less. So this was Sting after Dynamite's cameras turned off. Love Darby's music, by the way. Hey, does this get any better than what you just saw? This is the best wrestling I have ever seen, and I mean that. I've seen a lot of years of wrestling. Give it up for Jungle Boy. Give it up for Darby. Give it up for AEW. Woo! It's showtime with AEW.
Whose music sucks? He's probably talking about Sting. Once he said old music is better, I was like, yep, Sting. Mm. Yeah, but they don't have the rights to it. We can't do anything about that. Right. They did what they could. They I thought he meant Darby, though, because I was going to say Darby's music's pretty dope for him. And fucking Sting's better than that fucking shit they gave him in WWE. With the oh, Chinese yeah, WWE shit. music was hor- horrific. I hate that. I don't even count oh, that. God. Especially because they didn't, have the, they, they didn't even have the excuse. They could have bought the music. Cameo music. That's what it essentially is. Is our, <laughs> our cameo? Does that music come with the peacock? <laughs> uh, AEW did a 1.1 million viewer number this week with a 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demographic, slightly down from last week's 1.219 million. Because now they're at just 1.1 million, lost a little over a hundred, but that's okay. Last week was a 0.44. Yeah, last week was a point forty four in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, with this week being a point thirty seven. Um, but that being said, the week before when they were still in the Wednesday Night Wars with a six six hundred eighty eight thousand against NXT seven hundred sixty eight thousand, so they're still close to more than double the viewership that they had when the Wednesday Night Wars was going on. So still all positive. What they need to do is make sure coming up this following week that that one point one million viewers goes back up a little bit. Because a little bit lower, you're back down to your 900,000 base and you don't want to wind up there. So I think the next couple of weeks are going to be a determining factor in where we're going to wind up with the ratings. So um, there you go with that. NXT, I don't know if I brought it up with you guys, but it went from 841,000 with the point twenty three to the 805,000 last week. So they went up slightly. And they went from point twenty three, from point twenty two to point twenty three, from 805,000 to 841,000. So they slightly climbed. So those are those two shows. That brings us to Impact Wrestling Rebellion. George, you better enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, nah, but George, I only really just covered like the last two minutes of the main event. I didn't watch it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I watched the fucking paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for starters, this company still made no effort to fill seats or just the general emptiness of that place. They could have even done what AEW did at first. Remember what they did at first, Rick? Yeah, that they had just some of the wrestlers they, out they, there. They, they just took the wrestlers, anybody who wasn't even wrestling on the show. Like, I remember there was a couple of times where Sheeta and fucking, um, got Sheeta and Nyla Rose when they were still champions were in the crowd. Just to put some of the people who are on the crowd, who, who are on the card, in the crowd. Do something. But piped in crowds noise with no crowd, stop it. And they didn't even have piped in crowd noise, did they? I didn't hear anything. It was just quiet to I don't me. No, because after the third or fourth time I heard it, just I just blocked it out. Because I was like, no, I refuse to believe this is happening. It's, it's not. That, it's not that the event was good or bad. It's just the whole no crowd thing. That's yeah. That's a shoot. Yeah, that's a shoot comment that Stasis made too. <laughs> that, is, that is a shoot oh, comment right there. You ass. Because the FBI warning comes up for the TNA thing, so when it came, when it crawled onto the screen, she went, "What's this?" And I thought quick, and I was like, "Godzilla, King Kong." <laughs> Yo, That's I mean, if you see the FBI warning, it'll legitimize it a little bit, right? Oh, you ain't shit for that. I forgot I did that. <laughs> you was a whole ass. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the first match on this wonderful card is the Impact X Division title three-way match of Ace Austin being accompanied by Madman Filton defending his championship against TJP and Josh Alexander. Um... The finish to this 
was a pretty cool transition into his pile driver. I believe they call it divine intervention. I'm talking Josh Alexander here. Um, I think I have it up here for you guys to check out. That was Foley. He pulled out. He pulled TJ out of the, the referee. Didn't see it because he was focused on Alexander's head and shoulders like he should be. Well, rightly, he's counting the pin. And right now, ankle lock. Ankle lock. Oh, Josh Elgin just rolled right into TJP. Yeah, but that neutralizes Fulton, so let's see it now. One on one. You mentioned that Ace does it on his own jackknife. Oh. No, look at the power. Look at Hook this. up. Divide. This is intervention. This is it. This is enough. Josh Alexander. Yeah, yes. we have a new champ. Yeah, so congrats to, uh, to Josh Alexander. I mean, the walking weapon, one half of a. Uh, the old tag team was Ethan Page the North, who were the longest reigning Impact World Tag Champion. So, mm-hmm. already finding success outside of it. Which, for those who don't know, the Divine Intervention is basically a butterfly pile driver, or as we know it, the J Driller. Mm-hmm. And this is going to come into play later on tonight. Uh, that being said, things I liked about this and match. First of all, there was this. Lock, lock, I don't know why this is so damn loud. Let's turn this on. This triple knee bar thing that happened here with the three of them. That was kind of cool. thought that was really cool. I like little dramatic moments. Like, if you're going to do a hold, make it uh, interesting. And then he kicks him out. I think Josh Alexander had the move of the freaking match for me, though. What's that? That superplex Russian leg sweep combination. I've never seen some shit like that before. Like, he got TJP in a superplex. And at the same time, Russian leg sweep Ace Austin. Yeah, that it was, was so crazy. Too. I didn't realize what happened until like five seconds after they hit the ground. I also like the Finley roll into the pile driver. You can see here. Wrist control there. Ace Austin setting it up. Here we go. The flop, the river, the fold. On it. No. And Josh Hill going to catch him. Nice. Roll through on top. Finley roll there. We'll see David Finley later on tonight. But now. Shouldn't be able to get hit with that so many times, though. Yeah. But what was Usually this some, move here, somebody man? Somebody got hit with one J drill. You didn't see them for the rest of the night. What was this here? Seems like Ace Austin didn't even know what the fuck happened here. You don't really know what's going on in their mind. They can do anything. He's like the silent assassin. Your Ace Austin fighting out of jeopardy here in the X Division title. Watch this shit. Taking advantage of the real estate given to him, filling in the space, going for the top. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, man. What? Happened? What? I'm so glad Josh was going to do the thing quickly. For the top. Oh, got hit with a top. What the fuck is going on, man? Womp. Gosh, that was a mess. Anyway. I don't know, TJP was going to win with a splash and then some that other dude pulled him out of the ring. Yeah, Madman Fulton. I used to be insanity. Right, he was the sanity guy. I forgot that. He, he was the one that Killian Dane replaced. You're right. Good memory. I knew I knew him from I, somewhere. Yeah, I only remember that because uh, in the first 2K game the sanity was in, he's still in the game. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is the first match. Next up, you get your eight-man tag team match. It was going to be Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack against Eric Young, Stable of Violent by Design, which, Violent by Design, they're really giving Eric Young another sanity 
with just better music. This one, yep. And this violin by design is uh, it's with what's his name? It's with Diener. It's with uh, who is now his name is Jake something. Yeah, it's it's uh, Joel Doring. Joel Doring, don't ask me what the fuck, and Rhino. He he looks like a knockoff Stan Hansen. He does. He looks like greater value Stan Hansen in this picture. I swear to God, like it. And then it's, it's, Rhino because they couldn't think of anything else to do with Rhino. However, Eric Young is injured or something, right? Yep, he is, uh, has an ACL injury. So he's going to have a replacement for this match. Now, the interesting thing about this is that this leaked that the same day of the pay-per-view, Sunday afternoon, who it was leaked all over the sheets, at least according to the timing of when I'm seeing these news stories. So pretty much everyone had an idea well in advance. Nonetheless, here in impact. He was pointing to the back. Is it? it, it oh my goodness! Queens, New York City, W. Morrissey. Wow, Morrissey. Why is his name W? Name? Why is his name W. Morrissey? Yo, who picked that name? George, did you pick that name? George, why is he W. Morrissey? Don't they have anybody in creative? Kaz XL. Morrissey is here, and he is a part for this evening of Eric Young's violence by design. Look at him. You want to hey, talk about the opposite of his name. That's the best I've ever seen him look. And look at that anger in his eye. It seems like W. Morrissey. So there you go. You got your W. Morrissey. I'm calling that motherfucker Kaz XL. You better give me that shitty ass name. What the fuck? Sounds like a shitty M. Bison spinoff. Finish to this match. M. Bison, W. Morrissey. Right. Finish to this match was the East River Crossing, right? Yep. From Big Mac, Mac from Big Cass on Willie Mac. I can't call him Hennessy or whatever. Fuck no. Anyway, here you go. Is he going to be able to do this to Willie? Oh, I think so. Nasty. Even Willie Mac takes it. So that was cool. It was decent. Good to see him. He looks great. Mm -hmm. There was a cool crowd dive spot. Bring that up. It means it goes to show you the lengths to which these athletes will go to defend their honor to make history tonight. That's a superplex off the top rope to the floor. Everyone. So cool stuff. All right, you know. So far, two good matches. Two good matches and one shitty name, but yeah. After this, you get a singles match: Edgehead versus Edgehead. On this day, they see clearly. That is not a soul in the room. Um, this match did have some interesting stuff. I will say that there were a few spots in here that I thought were good homages. Did you catch them? I think I caught a couple of them. Yeah. So here's one of the particular one. I think it was. So Brian Myers here. I thought this is cool. It's about Myers. He hits the spear. Obviously, he was an edgehead. So you get the spear. From this match, from the former Edgeheads. But I thought that Matt Cardona, did you catch what he answers back with? Yep, not only his, uh, the Edge's old partner, but his wife's finisher, the unprettier. 
Exactly. So that's a double fuck you because. Myers back is exposed. Here we go. It's a hot mess. Is it enough? And that's what she called it. She called it the hot mess. Yeah. So Chelsea Green's finisher essentially too. He knows how to sneak shop in like that. Mm-hmm. One bad point in this match, and I mean, I guess that depends on how you interpret it. Was this thing where his knee allegedly gives out? Oh my goodness. Oh, God. Whoa. That knee buckle. Yeah, that's actually, that's the same knee that we talked about that uh, Cardona had an injury in 2016. Can we go a little bit back to when the knee actually buckles? More time if we can see it. D'Lo, walk us through the Right here, look at this hook right here, and it's just a flat Boom. on your head. The arms are back. You yeah. can't defend your position, and it's just flat on your forehead. You saw it look like Cardona was just having having a moment there within himself. And you know better than anyone, you can't have that in. Well, it looks like Cardona's trying to help Myers up. And Myers takes advantage of it. Creating distance is Myers. And, and, oh, nice. See, that's, how, that's knowing each other. That's knowing each other. All right, here it comes. Again. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you see that knee? Yeah, I did. Oh, my goodness. Oh. So that's what he bumps the knee there. He tweeted, oh, hopefully not as bad as it felt. Kneecap is back in place. Thanks, guys. Holy shit. Popped out of place. Oh, that's fun. I don't think that if it legitimately did, they would have continued the match. Yeah. They really see that. You don't just keep going after a dislocated knee. And then, of course, when the ref checks on on, uh, Brian Myers, like when he checks on Brian Myers, takes advantage, taking on Matt Cardona with that running forearm. You know, so, I mean, it was used in the angle, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, to me, I'm not buying it. I think it's part of the storyline. Anyway, let's get that finish up here for you guys. Now he's setting up. He's setting it up. And this is not going to end well. My goodness, what's he going to do? I can't believe him. I can't believe him baiting, baiting Cordon in like that. Look at, Playing look the friendship. Yeah, because he first acted like he was going to help him because of his injury. But he really takes him out with this. Yeah, such a heel. Good stuff, though, right? Yeah, good match. Yeah, very good. Um, you got to see Edgehead versus Edgehead. I don't know if all this stuff is pay-per-view worthy, but none of it's necessarily shitty either. You know, it's still better than Raw. I will say that this pay-per-view yeah. also better Which than Raw. At this Raw. point, let's be real, that's a low bar, so it's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so far, we're in the first hour. We just finished the first hour of this pay-per-view. I think that they got off to a very strong start. So, it wouldn't be a Monday Talk Brunch if we didn't go into... Freaking Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone invading Impact. So let's do that. Let's welcome my guest at this time, owner and CEO of AEW, Tony Khan. Hi, Tony. Hi, Gia. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us at Impact. It's great to be at your pay-per-view. As you mentioned, I'm the owner. I'm the CEO of AEW. I'm also the president, the booker, the chairman of the board, and the founder of AEW. We're a first-class, world-class organization. We have top executives who I brought. Also, I brought the best wrestling referee you're going to see on an Impact pay-per-view ever, one of our top officials, Aubrey Edwards, here to referee a world championship match. There will be one champion here. And speak- hey, Scott. Hey, Tony, thanks for coming and bringing quite the posse with you. So uh, I heard what you said and look, happy to have all of you here, even Shivani. Um, but uh, I think we have this roughing thing under control. Like, honestly, like, I know, trust me, I think we're in a good spot here. We know how to handle things. Mr. Brian is who you'd like to officiate tonight. Yeah. Brian. Yeah, Brian, very experienced. Yeah, Brian would never screw anybody. Brian would never, Brian, what's your last name? Well, you, you know what? 
You know what? Ouch. How about this? I mean, Aubrey, huge fan. Lots of respect for you. Th- this match could use two referees. I think that's that's a great idea. Two refs seems to be the way to go. Two refs, one champion when the night's over. Love it. It's very fair. It's in the spirit of the kind of business we've been doing. I'm fair. I'm honest. I'm honest. She's an honest official. Scott, I'm sure you're an honest man. Let's do it. One champion, two referees. Sounds good to me. Thank you, Tony. Let's go. There you go. Your last name back at you. Mm-hmm. After that, we get the Impact Knockouts Tag Team title match. Fire and Flavor with Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles defending their championships against Jordan Grace and Rachel L. Ring with the finish being Rachel with essentially, what was that, a sit-out powerbomb that she does? Um, it's a, It was almost like a, a fisherman's spine buster. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. This was actually, uh, yeah, this was her debut match. So. Mm-hmm. Looked really good. Uh, I did like Jordan Grace with the nasty senton. Let me see. Do I have City that? City Blue, here. isn't it up? Rep in position. Oh. That was actually great, great yep. right there by Tasha Steele. Just put- if I could bring it back Jordan a little bit here. They made eye contact, and then Rachel decided to tag Jordan. That's smart and considerate. Well, it's making sure my partner's in the right frame of mind before I tag them in. We've seen in the past a partner just go over and blindly tag someone who's still injured, still hurting. Uh-oh. Watch for that on top of each other. That shit. Stacked them up, sent on them down. <laughs> Tasha Steeles nearly kills herself. Of course. Almost dies. Flashes into the afterlife. I gotta get the perfect angle for this. Bear with me while I'm trying to. There's still some power left in the tank. That's not some power. That's a whole hell of a lot of power. High Watch the way she bumps Jordan here, Grace man. Holy Tasha God. To the apron, but Tasha with a shoulder to the gut. Takes care of Rachel Ellering as well. Tasha steals one half of the knockouts tag team champions for a reason. Oh, what the hell was that? That was a woman almost dying. I don't know Yeah, they said she's okay, but, you know, we'll see. And then it continues. Actually, if you continue right there, they got the cross body here. What I just saw! I just saw... God. I just saw Tasha Steeles go over the top rope and just crash to the apron in the floor. And she caught Rachel with a cutter on the way down, but the action... Oh, and Jordan Grace dies on the top of him! Here is the only one left. Let's... And you know what? It actually continues there. We actually should have just kept it running. See what Kira Hogan has in mind to make her mark, her rebellion moment. And the hottest flame is going to the highest point. Here we go. Oh, and the cross, that cross body. everybody. Cross everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, good stuff here, too. Definitely uh, no complaints. And you get new tag team champs. You have a uh, looks like you have freaking Jazz as the manager since they retired her. You get Jordan yeah. Grace and Rachel Elring as the champs. I, I'm glad they I got it off of uh, f- Ghetto and Flavor. Yeah, which I like them better as champions anyway. Because truth be told, I, I've just never been a fan of Kira Hogan. All I yeah. ever knew her were knew her as was Ali's sidekick during that one angle. And then when she came here, like we we talked what two three times about her bitching about somebody quote unquote stealing her gimmick. She said fucking Ember Moon stole her gimmick. And then Sasha Banks stole her hair. My first thing is, I was like, wow, we're going to hear next week fucking Jordan Grace stole her idea of being a tag champion. Yeah, come on. Get over yourself, girl. And the other girl, I just don't know her. It's just like, eh, I'd rather have tag champions that are also whiny. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So then we have a last man standing match. Sammy Callahan against Trey Miguel. With the finish being Trey Miguel hit Sammy Callahan with a cutter through a table. Brutality. Brutality. 
that almost didn't want to break. You are correct about that. Not Here, defend it for you guys that want to see it. Well. It is a brilliant move. And wait a minute. <laughs> the back end of the stairs. It's like a magic trick. Sammy Callahan cannot outsmart Trey Miguel. You silly, silly little man. Now you see me, now you can't, and then I'm going to drop you with a cut on the table. But now here's the count. Therein lies the difference between Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan. It's between the ears, and ladies and gentlemen, anyway, guys are dead. I'm pretty sure that's where the 10 count is. You guys don't have to suffer through it with us. Um, now, as far as the match goes, you guys know I don't like Sammy Callahan matches. There were a few notable things, though. I do like at the start of the match that he just freaking grabs Trey Miguel get up and just throws him out of the ring. This is a brutal match. This. this is a match not meant to just beat you. It's meant to hurt you. Oh, no! Bye. Oh, no! oh my God! Think of what it takes Bye. to put another... So he's to throw him out no regard for his body whatsoever. And this spot where he... Uh, bring this up, too. He hits this dude... He he hits Trey Miguel onto the legs of the chair. That was pretty brutal. Would that be what Sandy would really want? I, I don't know what's... Uh-oh. Both men are jockeying for a suplex here. Oh, gosh. What a form there. Up no good. Oh, my. I can't, I can't even... That's brutality right there. Of course... Yeah, like him or not, like him or not, Sammy does brutality very well. Mm-hmm. Of course, it wouldn't be a Sammy Callahan match if there wasn't some sort of a dangerous botch, because that's pretty much what those matches are made of, right? Just dangerous Callahan botches. And this is it right here. Shit pile driver. Someone could have died here. You guys actually shared it in our guild, the chat room. Right? professional wrestler so passionate about what we do. You can't tell a professional wrestler to stop. Oh, no. Look, Sammy's going for a pile driver. You can't That's tell him, but you can make him oh. stop. That's wow. Trey Miguel's head. Wow. That's why you don't do stupid spots like that. That's why you don't employ Sammy Callahan. You know what the bad part about it is? I've seen two other two other people do that same spot and it work out. Yeah, not with that guy, though, man. I've mm-hmm. never liked him. Before any of you even knew who that was back in the Evolve days, when he used to fight Finley Sr., I used to think, man. God, like, like, like I, I saw Rosemary end the match with Taya the same way. Way less she looking. Table He's a better pile clean. driver. Look like the as Trey player. looks back now, and Trey sets up. Oh my goodness! That, I don't like dick tracks. grabbings, but at least you get a solid pile driver out of this. What? What's this pile driver? The devious mind of Sammy Callahan. And what he actually wound up doing right after this was kind of made me laugh. He uh, tucked Trey under the stairs. That is a pile a driver on the, the edge of the fucking steps. cat and mouse's way out. What? <laughs> That's he fucking funny. Underneath <laughs> the steps. This is brilliant, ladies and gentlemen. Is this is this is this legal? Of course it is. Buried under steel and flesh is Trey Miguel, the referee. Halfway through, Sammy Callahan. I'll bury him under the ring apron. Ingenious and yes, it is disgusting, but you cannot deny it is brilliant as well. It is a brilliant move. And wait a minute, <laughs> the back end of the stairs, it's like a magic trick. Sammy Callahan could not have 
And that would lead to that finish. Oh, yeah. Thoughts on that match? I mean, it was the last man standing match with Sammy Callahan. What do you expect? That. That's exactly what I expect. It, it delivered more than barbed wire massacre, which is a funny statement to say, but yeah, yes. All right, well, Impact World Tag Team Title Match: Finn Juice, David Renly, and Juice Robinson defending their championship against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Finish being they break the Magic Killer, I believe, for an inside cradle, and this is the clip. Go, Finlay will not allow it. Smart, he may have just saved the Small tag Inside cradle, legs are wrapped Go! up. It's over. Whoops. Guess you're not getting those titles back. Nope. Not happened for you, motherfuckers. So, what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, it's two really good New Japan tag teams. I I knew this was going to be a good match, and it was great. Yeah, they fought each other tons of times in New Japan. They have lots of experience. Um, obviously, there's better booking going on in Impact just because they know what good matches are there to put together. They don't even have to necessarily... Uh, do much thought just put together what works which seems to be what impact's been doing a lot lately so i almost can't even criticize it you know nobody got shot on this show too so that's always a plus yeah exactly nobody got shot tommy do you need to get a main event title shot doing good so far Mm-hmm. next we get the impact knockouts title match diana peraza defending her championship against Tanil dash but would being accompanied by caleb uh with ak and uh, finished this was Deanna goes over with the Queen's Gambit. And uh, afterwards, Taylor Wilde returns. Yeah. Big return, some would say. Not me. Just some. I barely remember you. I remembered her. But I, thought, I was like, why did she have music? Oh, boy. Look. Oh, look at that. And, and, and. Deanna just bails and Taylor Wilde jumping. And how come Susan is back to Susan? Didn't she just become Sue Young recently? Didn't we play a clip on here where she turned back into Sue Young? See, they I guess they rotate between like three different personalities. I don't even know. They don't do as good a job as with the Joseph Park stuff as with the Susan shit. You know? yeah, because with Joseph Park, when one switched back to the other, it was special. And they treated it like they were two different people. Mm-hmm. So she's back. Big whoop. Um, so I remember her only because she beat Awesome Kong for the knockouts title, held it for a cup of coffee. And then she was, um, I don't know if you remember Sarita. She was her tag team partner. Yeah, I remember Sarita. She, she was around when uh, the first set of uh, knockouts tag titles showed up. So. Yeah, Sarita, who, by the way, I'm a huge fan of. Sarita originally was Dark Angel in Lucha Libre, who's a yeah. real badass high-level person. And they brought her over as Sarita for TNA for the knockouts. And that's who used to team with Rosita, now known as Zelina Vega. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, there was a nasty stomp that Tennille does that I like. I've never yeah. seen this before. Absolutely. Diana Perrazzo firmly in control. Back to the champion's pace. And now, where's Diana going? She doesn't go up to the top too terribly often. That's a great point. Let's see what Diana's going to pull out of the bag of tricks here. Went for the falling headbutt. It was not enough. Daniil got out of the way. Diana's head bounced off the canvas. There's a spotlight. My God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, she calls out the spotlight here. Yeah, it's pretty so it's like, it, it looks like a hybrid between like a front kick and a curb stomp because she kicks your head down. Yeah, very cool. Very solid looking. 
yeah, good match. Overall, good match, guys. You know, I have very little to complain about as far as uh, this pay-per-view goes, to be honest. It was entertaining. That's, you know? that's how it is lately with their pay-per-views. It's just their weeklies that need to get together. Mm-hmm. So this brings us to the Impact World Title AEW World Title match. Winner take all. Kenny Omega being accompanied by Don Callis defending his AEW World Title against Rich Swan defending his Impact World Title. The finish he's actually carrying around still both championships. They didn't just hybrid them. Yeah, he still has a TNA championship as well. The finish is Rich Swan goes for the Phoenix Splash and misses for like the hundredth time. And then Omega goes over with the one-winged angel. And at this point, I was really wondering how many times Rich Swan was going to cheese that Phoenix Splash before just losing the title. Because it was like he was trying to hit it and he kept missing it all over the damn place. It's like, and it was like, well, I... yeah, you're going to lose, dude. Like, out of all of the shit in your arsenal, you just keep hitting the Phoenix Splash. Or, or, I'm sorry, missing the Phoenix Splash. Like, you've knocked the wind out of yourself like seven or eight times. It's like, it's like I always hear people who um give Kenny Omega shit for using a bunch of B-triggers, but he hits them all. Exactly. You make do, me. You don't you're supposed to see the reason Kenny Omega hits 75 V triggers is because you're trying to make sure your ass is not getting up for the next three days. Make me feel bad. Make me feel bad about the baby face losing here. It's like not, don't make me feel like yeah you should have lost because you kept going for the Phoenix Splash and you missed and he fucking kept V triggering you. You were lucky you kicked out of it the first time. You should lose. You lost because that's what happens. Kenny, he gets his music, but he gets a dramatic version of it, which I really like. to a transcendent talent capable of shifting accepted realities the best bout machine the god of professional wrestling and walks into rebellion as the AEW world champion well i know kenny omega wants to add one more nickname to his collection he wants to be called the collector that's pretty cool right yeah and um one of the cool things about it is that's not just a dramatic version. That's actually the full version of Kenny's song. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never. Yes, I've only heard the. Uh... Um, basically, if you find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, anywhere, and you listen to that song, even a YouTube video, that's the entire version. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You see, AEW because of the fact that you don't want that long ass entrance every week, they just chop that part out. Yeah. But for this occasion, they let the whole song run. In fact, everybody in AEW, um, their songs have a longer intro than usual. It's just they chop that part out for the sake of time. Gotcha. Well, I thought that was very solid. Good for the for the dramatics of here. Oh, yeah. And uh, the one Phoenix splash in this match that actually mattered, that did good, which is where he should have left it, was the one that he did... Uh, with the drop kick to the floor, followed by the Phoenix splash to the outside that I'll run for you here. You know, it needed to be left alone at that. Oh, that's called a receipt, and the drop kick drives Omega outside of the ring. And Tony Khan, the AEW founder and president, applauding the efforts of Omega. Wow! Rich Lodge with the drop kick out to the floor. Even our camera crew is feeling the effects of this. Whoa! Swanwood. Yeah, so that was the one that actually paid off out of all of the ones that he did. Yeah, which is the one that just wasn't going to matter in the end. Like, 
Because let's just clarify something, people. Swan wasn't winning this no matter what. But 18 missed Phoenix Splashes didn't do him any favors. Yeah, it really didn't. It didn't do him any favors whatsoever. Omega There's goes for like a... Song says best bout machine because this motherfucker delivers at the main events. Yeah, Omega goes for like a... It's almost like a buckle bomb followed by... What was the thing that he follows this over with? Let's have a look here because he lifts him up. And uh, essentially like a shoulder breaker, right? Yeah, I've seen him do that move minus the shoulder breaker. I'm not sure what it is, but I've seen that move a handful of times. It's the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, very bad freaking turnbuckle slip from Rich Swan up here. This was kind of frightening. Precarious position here for both Kenny Omega, Rich Swan. Swan all the way to the oh, top no. turnbuckle. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rich's right hand, though. He's trying to hold on to the top rope. Crazy. Crazy. Gotta be careful. There's too many slippy things going on lately here. Uh, oh, George, he should have did more moves and not the Phoenix Splash so much. Yeah, really. If that you have more moves, why would you just keep, and go, you keep going to one? You the yeah, other he kind of soured. That one. He's fighting Kenny Omega. He kind of didn't live up to his side of the match, in my opinion. And I like Rich Swan. You guys know I like Rich Swan. But uh, if you're fighting Kenny Omega, there's a standard here that wasn't held, in my opinion. It's not to say it was a bad match, but it definitely wasn't a good match, you know, as far you as have his to part. Be three times better than your best when you're headlining with Kenny Omega. I did like this lethal injection spot, even though the ref winds up eating it. Dragons are just ridiculous. They're vicious. They're brutal. <laughs> not. He's looking for the hat trick. Oh, no. The former goaltender has a unique vision and definitely has a unique vision but now it's rich one with uh, vision of his own to let one through the five hole there and swan able to connect with the cutter rattling kenny omega momentarily both of them on their feet handspring swan looking for the cutter now the referee omega move the and that's where aubrey edwards comes in because now their referee got taken out and also, I guess that'll bring in to be something to incorporate into the angle later on. Yeah, that was the backup. I do like the fact that one of the things that makes the one-winged angel dangerous that they justify besides the execution of the move is the person's inability to uh, escape from it. And one of the ways that they emphasize that in this match is when Omega has a uh, swan and fireman's, I'm sorry, an electric chair position. Um, as swan starts to escape by sliding down the front, Omega switches and transitions that into a German, which is what I was going to show you guys here. See, he's going to hit him with the one-winged angel, but when he realizes he's going to slide down the front, I thought this was cool psychology. So he's going to escape, but escaping is double, is is just as bad, so catch you here, you see? Instead of just one-winged angel, now on the way down, he can catch you by the waistline, straight into a German suplex. Like, it's so bad because... And then when he bridges... Yeah, and then when he bridges here, he picks him up, and then this is what we were. T- this is where I said that this is going to come into play later on when we were talking about the first match. Second person to pay homage here, second J Driller of the night. So now you have J Driller number two. So yeah, very interesting storytelling here, not just in the match but throughout the pay per view. Oh yeah, which uh, speaking of that, breaking breaking briefly, ROA celebrated their 500th episode. Jay and Mark headlined in a fantastic match. So props to those guys who have been there since day freaking one. But uh, yeah, it's kind 
this is the scary thing about the one wing angel. You'll never be able to counter that move fast enough to where Kenny won't see it coming. Yeah, like exactly. the, there was no clean way Swan was getting out of that, and Kenny was nowhere near tired enough because we see like the first time they wrestled at um Wrestle Kingdom, Okada had Kenny tired enough to where he could counter. If Kenny Omega is not tired enough, you're not going to get out of that move clean if you even get out. Mm-hmm. And Omega has it set up again oh, with another V trigger. Oh no, this is getting sick. Oh no, Omega has swung at the electric chair. I like that. You can spell Omega without OMG. Scott DeMore's face tells you everything. So, this actually puts... It's very smart booking here for Impact specifically because this really puts them on the map now. Like, now it's between Finn Juice and now Omega and even the, the Bullet Club thing. It's... It's almost a priority to keep up with Impact now. Yeah, because their titles are spread all over the place. You know, like the AEW Championship and the Impact Championship are both part of Dynamite now. When you really look at it. Tag titles are part of New Japan. Yeah, so I, I like this. I'm, I'm enjoying Impact. Even though I have complaints and gripes right now what's happening with Impact, it's enough to keep me on board on a regular basis. Like, I've always said, the weeklies need to get together as a whole. But, yeah, when it comes to stuff like this, it's great. Yeah. Like, the, like this is something. I'll, I'll follow Impact. I dropped. I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking up AEW fucking um, whatever that Monday one is. Yeah, the, I'm also, the Elevation. Elevation. I'm, I'm not watching Dark anymore. I don't think I'm going to keep up with Ring of Honor as of currently. I've, I could see myself sticking with Impact as my main tolerating shitty raw and smackdown and of course keeping up with nxt and dynamite you know there's more i am willing to subject raw to the highlights and switch over impact actually watching at this rate because that's where impact's been for me for a while i just okay like what happened on the highlights oh that okay cool raw is about to fuck around to be on that spot yeah no not for me i don't mind covering because again i'm dropping other things that are less relevant but yeah so that's it kenny omega wins the championship and uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens this week on Impact. I would thought I'd say that. And so that's now three championships that Kenny had, which I don't know if you heard. Kenny um got an interesting challenge not long after this. What's that? Will Ospreay, the current Rev Pro World oh, Champion. He, oh, he tweeted was he knows. Then he tweeted some shit like he knows where to find me or some shit. Yeah, he, like, a lot of fans are thinking that he's calling for a winner take all as well. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And that would be two more world championships because of that. That would be the Rev Pro and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, it's hardly will be a tweet though, but let's see exactly where it goes. But uh, Scott Demora recently was on the TMFI Wrestling Show, and he talked about uh, the TNA brand. He said, as we come out of this pandemic environment and we get back out there, certainly there's a possibility that the TNA brand could return. I think it's one of the things many, and certainly not at the top of the list, but one of the things that the pandemic has robbed us of is the opportunity to see a return of TNA. We have so many unbelievable knockouts. Maybe we'll end up continuing to grow the knockouts division and give them their own separate platform. So, um. Yeah, they're not going to fully let the TNA brand itself die, apparently. We'll see exactly how that goes. And like you said, and even in this picture, you can see here 
they're holding all the titles, you know, like they have both the TNA and Impact titles separately. So we'll see exactly what happens there. All right. Well, that being said, that brings us to the end of our journey here. We're going to just talk briefly about SmackDown and Raw. Didn't forget about Raw. I bet you wish we did, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, bear with me here while I get myself switched into SmackDown mode. Okay, one of the things was interesting in the beginning, the SmackDown, I like Roman's new shirt. Did you see his new shirt? That is amazing. Yeah, good job, Roman. Stack them, pin them, one, two, three. Look. I say it, they print it, right? <laughs> Stack them, pin them. I love what he says here. And look at the picture. Look at the graphic. You're the guy on the bottom. <laughs> He's the bottom. That means you're a loser. <laughs> He's you a know, guy at the bottom. I'd like to see a fan have the balls to be either Edge or Daniel Bryan with that shirt on. And then he went the bottom. <laughs> Where has this Roman been all this time? He's the guy at the bottom. He the points bottom. To him on this shirt. I can't believe he made a shirt out of that moment. That's fucked up. That's funny. <laughs> and the fact, Cesaro, the fact that you're letting this loser talk for you, that means you're a loser. But you guys, you're not just like, you're not losers to everybody. Everybody else, you're legit. But to me, to the tribal chief, you're losers. You're top tier losers. You're main event losers. <laughs> you, Brian, you're, you're a WrestleMania main event loser. This is all. You're like a casino loser. You're a loser with bad luck. Brian, we don't feel bad. <laughs> That's so you, fucked man. up. You're, you're just a, you're just a stupid loser. Because, and in the meantime, Rollins is out there as well. Rollins tweets, "Be blessed that you exist in a moment where you get us both." And he put two gold emojis are better than one. They're feeling themselves. Just anyway. Interesting to have that little trio out there. Roman got out of his seat at the head of the table to come be interrupted for this shit. You get uh, Cesaro and Daniel Bryan against Seth Rollins and Jay Uso, with the finish being Daniel Bryan going over with the Busaiko knee. And they let these I guys. We're the only people out there that still call it the Busaiko knee. Aside from in Japan. They let these guys carry practically a quarter of the show because the whole promo with Rollins and them was this. And now at this point, we're almost a half an hour in. You know, and I, I got to give credit to Daniel Bryan, Cesaro team. Daniel Bryan's a condescending baby face. That's what you need when you're dealing with shit heels. You need condescending baby faces. And they poor Jay. The intimidation factor from main event Jay is completely gone after this. But look at how they they really whip his ass like they Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. That's a realistic depiction of what would happen if you got caught on that team. And they realistically whipped his ass. Are you coming out still to whoop us? Is that Roman? Uso trying to attack from behind. Uh Uh-oh. 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 You said I was stupid. You said I was stupid earlier. (laughs) Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine. Roman, is this what you're afraid of? This might be 35, Spencer. Cesaro's going to swing you like this? Whoa. 
Whoa. Whoa. Uh-oh. So, uh, so here's the thing, Cesaro. I don't know. I don't know if Roman's coming out to accept your challenge. I think he. Uh, I think he might be afraid after all those swings. Do you think, he... Roman? Are you coming out? I don't know how Roman can take this uh, with Jay getting beat up like this. We're we're, we're waiting. We're we're waiting. I get. I guess this shows oh. what kind of champion he is, and and what else maybe. Exactly. I mean, but Roman not coming out. Save his own cousin. He won't save his own cousin. I thought he was head of the table. I thought he was a family man. That is, a, is he I not think, a family man? I think that just shows oh. everybody what kind of man he truly is. Oh, but you know, what? there's one more test to see if he's really a family man. Cesaro, why don't you swing Jay again? See if Roman comes out and helps him. Oh, come on. Think it'll work? It might work. <laughs> it might work. I don't know. Think it'll work? You think it'll work? The Thunderdome saying yes. I don't think so. Jay has suffered enough. Cesaro's gonna swing your cousin. So are you gonna come out and accept the challenge? Heaven knows, Jay's come out and saved you in every single Universal Roman, Championship match. Roman you has to think, come out at this point. You would it? think you would come out and help your cousin if you're the head of the table. I mean, he's getting if you're the family right man, if you're providing for the whole Samoan dynasty, <laughs> if you're the this king is of SmackDown or whatever you are. I can't even count all those swings. Head of the table, please come out here and save Jay Uso. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he didn't come out. That was rude, Cesaro. And David Roman. Bryan. Oh, no. Oh, no, Roman. Oh, Are you no, Roman. <laughs> I mean, I know you couldn't beat Kevin Owens without Jay's help. I know you couldn't beat me without Edge's help. I know you couldn't beat Edge without Jay's help. And I think that you know that you can't beat Cesaro. So I think I figured out the reason why Roman won't come out. Roman's afraid that if Cesaro faces him one-on-one -on -one for the Universal Championship, Cesaro will be the new Universal Champion! Man, poor... That, that was a, such a bad Jay Uso moment, man. They that beat him like up. sucked all kinds of ass. They whipped his ass for a segment worth of time while having a promo. I mean, if you're, head of, if you're the head of the table and the chief and all that other thing, whatever you say your name is, in the meantime, in the background, he's getting his ass kicked. Yes, fucking you spared me right around <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard after a little while. I was like, he's still fucking spinning them. Like, First of all, probably anybody who's ever taken them really long fucking spins, because it must suck after a while. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely special. All right, so... They're almost done here with this. Yeah, Nia versus Tamina with the sloppy weird finish where Nia gets distracted by the antics of Reggie and Tamina. I don't know where the fuck Reggie's been. Maybe he had the cove. It or was they just didn't plan anything to use them because they're booking so airtight. Yeah, it was ugly though. Like it was just an ugly finish. So anyway. 
Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens with the finish being Commander Aziz distracts Owens, so Crews rolls him up, and then afterwards Owens hits a stunner on Crews, and Aziz hits the Nigerian nail, or as we knew it when Haku was alive, the Samoan spike. Nigerian, Nigerian nail. Yeah, at this point, we just don't even keep respect in the same fucking locker room as WWE, do we? <laughs> you know, they, 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 they gave him Haku Samoan spike. And they named that shit the Nigerian Nail. <laughs> Come on. How did and they do think, that? I'm looking right they, at the fucking screen. <laughs> you know? And you think they had logic behind Reginald being gone. Okay. So anyway, remember, this commander. You remember that the Nigerian <laughs> This commander hits the Samoan spike. And uh, I guess that's his move. Yep. Good for him. Good for him. I'll say this much. Seeing him hit that Samoan spike was only worth it because of Sami Zayn afterwards. Oh, fucking Zayn killed me. Look at Zayn. This is fantastic. So is Sami Zayn. Commander Aziz paying off again. Watch him. Sami getting uh, lit at, in the this, ring. Look at this fool. It's Liddy, dude. It's fire <laughs> flames, bro. Not only Sami, but Pat. Fucking yeah, look at Sammy. This went on way longer than I had expected. Like, look, it's still happening. He's still going. This is like <laughs> Seth MacFarlane levels of dragging a joke. Look, it's still ha- even as I speak right now. He's dancing over the court. He came to the dance. Dancing on Kevin Owens' grave. He's still fucking going. This is incredible. Rough night for KO. That's when you're like five off the fireball and you just don't give a shit dancing. Look at the, I can't believe how many different dances this guy had. Look, she even had to corpse. She's even corpsing. Everyone's corpsing at this point. Wait, who corpse? I didn't see. Kayla. With oh, yeah. Transfers to Kayla. She was mid-corpse from that shit. Oh, my God. As much as I don't like the fact that they managed to ruin that match for us at Mania, Sammy's funny. Yeah. Which, first of all, cool thing I've been noticing on social media, a lot of people have been buying his shirt. Mm-hmm. That freaking um, good on for the cherry that he started. Yeah, that's freaking cool. If you've seen it on social media, buy that shit, support it. It's it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Zane is great. I've always been a fan of this guy's whole career. So very glad we have that. Like that. That's another guy where it's like, how the hell, how the fuck that man not been world champion yet? Yeah, because they don't know, know what he- they're doing. They just don't. They reintroduce Alistair Black, and this is what he says. Most people aren't honest with you, so I'm going to open the vein because I want you to know the truth. Chapter One, The Dragon. I attended many funerals as a child. Father would bring me to these celebrations of life and death. He could do with me because it was too little to understand. But as I grew older, Father this is the same person who did the Yang Sha shit or whatever, the Chang Cha, Shang Shang. 
when it started to become apparent. <laughs> I was not taught how to defeat the dragon. I was still the dragon. He's gonna enter the dragon. That's so fucking bizarre, man. Right. I could never be like you weak minded fools. You gawking at the screen right now. You are the monsters. And I am nothing like you. And I would never help you. You are the ones who reveal the true rotten nature of man. With your lies and your deceit, you transform your own children into bigger monsters than you are. What you do is vile. And it should be anyway, I, I, like good enough. What are your thoughts on the new Alistair Black? Please fucking do something with him. I don't give a just, just do something. No more underwhelming, doesn't go anywhere shit. Do something. I'll, I'll see. This was his original gimmick. Well, let's see what happens this time around. So, uh, the Bailey stuff with Bianca killed me. And I'm going to explain why. So, Bailey's talking shit. And what's, her, what's, what's Bianca Bella's husband's name? Montez? Yep. Montez Ford. He catches her. So, he hits up Bianca. This was fucking awesome. This is a real life shit right here. This is real what I love, if you, have the, if you have the video feed like on Hulu or from anywhere without the commercial clip, it makes Bianca look like the Flash. Look at what I mean here. How fast she shows up to handle this shit. Bailey really has your name in her mouth tonight. Huh? <laughs> Bailey. You know Bailey, Bailey? <laughs> I'll be right there. I'll be right here. I'll say it to her face. Say less, don't talk to me. Yeah. You can just say it to my face. Oh, you think I want to keep myself? <laughs> I don't know. Will you? Oh, man, it was like, oh, shit. She got to you really fast. She was one commercial break away from that ass. But Bailey sort of snubs her here and she acts respectful, but then she kind of laughs villainously and, and walks away. So I guess that's the next feud, which works for me. Yeah, I mean, hey, this was the first person Bianca feuded with when she came up, so. Aside from that, we had the Mysterials against Gable and Otis for some reason. They've been fighting like three or four weeks in a row, and I don't know why. Don't know why Otis is a heel, don't know why he's with Gable, don't know why he's a heel, quite frankly. Don't know why they're fighting the Mysterials, don't like anything that's going on here. Boo. What was else? Was there anything else in this SmackDown? Um, well, one of the last things that came out of it was we have a championship match for next week because... Roman basically decided that instead of giving Cesaro a championship match, he'd give Daniel Bryan one more shot with the caveat that he's putting his SmackDown. Keep in mind that SmackDown career on the line. Either they're taking Daniel Bryan off of TV to get him to sign his contract that's coming up in September, or they're moving him to Raw. The way it sounds is they're just moving him to Raw, because they specifically pointed out his SmackDown career. He jokingly said in an interview that he liked to still wrestle for WWE, but also wrestle for other companies, and maybe he can weasel his way into that. Those were his exact words. So if they're desperate enough to come September and he asks for that, they might just have to give it to him. They've given him everything else. We'll see. Let's see. <laughs> they're losing power. Anyway, Pat McAfee, what do you think of him being on there? I want them to let... Like, he, he's definitely seemed like he's getting a little bit more comfortable. Just keep, keep, him, on that, keep him on that pace. Where, let, let him just be Pat. Just because be he Pat, genuinely huh? makes me laugh. I used to hate him at first, but after that takeover performance, I was like, okay, guys, cool with me. So, yeah. Don't fuck it up. Fair enough. 
Well, Pat actually gave some feedback on his own show of his opinion on things. So I figured we would dip into that on here and see what he had to say. I do not think I was anywhere near where I can get to as a commentator for professional wrestling. I used uh, a lot of the words uh, a couple of times over and over. I was scared to have too much bass in my voice because I didn't want people to think I was trying to dominate the call or anything like that. But sometimes I sounded a little bit too soft. Uh, the standing I, I thought was that natural instinct was for me to stand when something happened. I guess a lot of people did enjoy that. I appreciate that. <laughs> because that was potentially something that could get me into some shit. A lot of people say, like, oh, you need to stay so we can... The clip of us coming back to the, the two shot of me mm-hmm. standing, yep. him sitting, and me kind of being caught in a situation where I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know if I should stand or sit right now. That was, you know, one of those um, kind of ad-lib moments that pop up that is incredible. So I had a blast. I think I stunk but i have a chance to get better i enjoyed it i'm very thankful to all the people at the wwe and to anybody that happened to tune in i couldn't see your twitter because i was mine was broke a good attitude to go into it thinking you need to improve always always think you suck if you always think you suck then you always uh do better the next time yeah don't beat yourself up too much now, but yeah. Don't beat yourself up too much. I'm never satisfied with anything I do. I always want to just do something better than the last thing. I always disown things as soon as I'm done with them and then start thinking of the next better thing. That's just the way life has to be, you know? Anyway, guys, SmackDown brought in an overnight 2.415, and they also did 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. So they're doing pretty much average what they usually do, bringing us to Raw, which last week's Raw brought in the overnight three-hour 1.907 million viewers, which is a bit of a fall from the 2.26 million they had the previous week with the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, after they went off the air, it hadn't been posted yet, but they did do a post-conference or a post-interview, rather, with T-Bar and Mace. I know you guys don't care that much, but this is our first appearance of them, and I told you, Dustin, that this was the unmask, and you thought that they weren't going to actually commit to it, but they did. It's amazing. Gentlemen, a very interesting night for you tonight here at Monday Night Raw. But congratulations, you defeated Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre, two former champions. What does that do for you? What does that do for us? That does everything for us. The people want to know who we are, what we're about, where we're going, what we're going to do. Perfect example. What do you think? What does it do for us? We did that. We did that. And as far as I'm concerned, Drew McIntyre, you did me a favor by slapping me across the face with that mask. You revealed to the world exactly what we are. Two titans, two titans that will tower over this entire division, over this entire universe. We did that. It's time. Our time. Good luck with that. That's a link for you guys. Um, the multiple chat rooms anyway but yeah we are hearing according to mouse that they were saying that there was another outbreak like i mentioned previously and that that was a part of the booking and that they don't know who it is but that there was one so that factored into a lot of tonight's booking so keep that in mind first match of this is bronze handicap match against mace and t-bar which was originally supposed to be a tag match but Braun was like i don't need no partner yeah and then mcintyre winds up getting involved Braun winds up getting counted out, right? Yeah, because uh, they just started actually. Well, they yeah, it's funny. They just started whooping his ass. No, what it was, yeah, they just they they started whooping his ass. He got 
they wanted to get themselves DQ. They kept going. Then Drew came out. Then it actually turned into a tag match. And then they just uh, ambushed them on the outside. And then, yeah, Drew got counted out. We used to joke about how Braun has more count outs than anyone in the history of wrestling, right? That yeah, he always it again. He got counted out again. The same fucking move. Stop what, doing that. Was he running? Was he doing the run around again? Yes. He wasn't this time, was he? I wasn't yes. paying attention. Was he? No way again. What a fucking. <laughs> we used to joke about how he always winds up running around and getting counted out like an idiot. <laughs> he fucking does it again. Unbelievable. Choo choo. This train goes off the rails too much. Uh, Miz and Morrison have their little bullshit where they're being children. Damien Priest comes out. Woods and Kofi come out. They went up throwing tomatoes at Miz Morrison, Elias and Riker. And I mean, whatever. Good. That's appropriate. They should throw tomatoes at everyone. That's not wrong. Uh, Charlotte comes out to apologize for her thing last week. I don't know if we mentioned that she went ham and started beating up refs everywhere. Uh, she pulled the Ken Shamrock thing, you know, where she went into her zone. Um, they, they make, she winds up making the ref apologize to her though. And then she gets reinstated by Sonya Deville without the permission of Pierce, who's visibly hot about it and mentions to Sonya. And he doesn't take her apology sincerely when she says that she tried to do it, but didn't, couldn't get in contact with him. What else? Seamus comes out for a dry ass promo. Humberto comes out beats him up a little bit gets on his back gets his gets his heat back from the previous week uh naya is with reginald who has returned and he winds up receiving she winds up receiving flowers from angel garza and woman she's like oh these are so beautiful and then the next minute she sees day and amanda and she's like put this in water bitch and then she knocks them over the head with the flowers and they wind up selling the flower bump yeah she she, she sold the flower bump only mandy rose would see was would sell a flower bump mm-hmm um, Orton winds up making a tag team with Riddle because he realizes that there's potential there. So now they have the Batman and Riddle tag team, you know. Uh, and this is, goes up he against pretty much uh, specifically saying he would give it a try, see how it turned out, and they'd see where they go from there. They put it with they put him against Shelton and Cedric, and Orton DDTs uh Shelton, and Riddle finishes him off with the uh with the floating bro. If you look at it from the right angle. If you look at it from the wrong angle, Riddle completely overmisses. He overshoots and hits nothing but Matt <laughs> and still sells the move. But either way, it's a feel-good moment, I suppose. I love how Shelton and Cedric went from Raw Tag Team Champions hanging out with the WWE Champion to now they've literally lost three tag matches in three weeks. At least this one's believable. It's Randy Orton, who is a multiple-time champion and top guy, and Matt Riddle, who's a dangerous MMA fighter and a formidable young dude. So, I mean, you know, you'd last year lost to the Viking Raiders two times, which was a rematch we didn't need. Yeah, they're definitely jobbing them, you know. Nia Shane and Rhea Ripley have a a, a match against Oscar Lana, Naomi. Um, is this is all just cartoon shit? At one point, Dana and Mandy come on, they throw water at Shayna, and then Nia runs and along, and she winds up slipping over, and they wind up laughing. Nonetheless, all the laughing and shit aside, Nia still goes over Lana with the leg drop, with Lana being the one who jobs out amongst everyone who's being laughed at. Um, What's pissing me off about this gimmick is like they're always doing this ha ha he he shit. Like, do they not understand the ass whooping that's coming their way? Like, I don't like, think what? that they do. Like, are, are like I know y'all blonde, but y'all can't be that fucking dumb. Dumb enough. Sonya Deville winds up still being evil against Mandy. And basically, I guess this is a heel general manager assistant now because she basically makes Mandy versus Charlotte because she doesn't appreciate the fact that Mandy was laughing at her. She doesn't share in the humor. And obviously, Charlotte goes over. 
<laughs> of course, because it's fucking Mandy Rose. And I don't know why an opportunity against a top tier girl will be considered a punishment nowadays in the wrestling universe. Whenever it happens to someone else, whenever it happens to someone else, they consider it an opportunity. It's only an opportunity when they don't think you're a jobber. I guess when it's when you're a jobber, it's a punishment. Yeah, when when there's no chance in hell of you winning, you're just literally there to take an ass kick and it's a punishment. You think they're breaking up Nia and Baszler? I can't even tell anymore. They don't even see. No, nobody they don't have enough of a fucking structure to be breaking things up. Everything's broken up right now. Anyway, so now comes another brilliant idea because we have Braun Strowman against Drew McIntyre, and if Braun wins, he's added to the WWE Championship match at Backlash. You know what's kind of funny? Well, something Drew said in one of his one of the promos tonight probably was the realest thing I've ever heard in my life. It was so accurate. Braun's always talking about get these hands, but yeah, is this motherfucker not always asking for handouts? I deserve a championship. I deserve a championship shot. Motherfucker, what have you done? You beat Shane McMahon, okay? And? Yeah, like we're supposed to kiss your ass because of that. But that's it. He won, so now he's added, and now they make another triple threat match. So translation, boys and girls, Braun's taking the pin to continue the Lashley Drew food because that's Braun's lot in life. He's a giant jobber. He is the jobber amongst men. But that's such an unexciting match, or is it just me? See, once again, leave the shit alone. Just, just leave it how it is, which is so funny. Fucking social media didn't miss a beat. I saw somebody already fucking photoshopped Daniel Bryan into the shit. And I was like, yeah, pretty fucking accurate at this point. I'm just waiting to see how they do it. Holy shit. What? Holy shit. What? What if, what if that's the whole purpose of the SmackDown career being over on Friday? He comes to Raw and then they jump him into the WWE Championship match. What, make it a fatal four-way? Yes, you know they do it. Oh, God, no. They don't think fast to pop. You know they do it. Remember that time AJ had to defend his title against like 10 other people because they just kept adding motherfuckers to the match? You know they do I, it. I really don't need them to do it. What, what shit do they do that we actually need them to do if they do it anyway? I'd rather it just be that Daniel Bryan's legitimately leaving the fucking company at this point than to think for a minute that it's that dumb shit. Yeah, but we know it's going to be that dumb shit before he leaves. You know why? Because it's always that dumb shit. Yeah, that's pretty tragic. But it's already broken. Whether Danny Ryan's there or not, it's already a horrible, broken feud. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be a horrible, broken feud that also includes Daniel Bryan. Well, he certainly isn't going to make it any worse, you know. But he's Daniel Bryan. The Yes Movement. Remember, guys? Yes, yes, yes. WrestleMania 30, you guys were there. Remember? Yes, WrestleMania. Remember when he hugged Connor? Remember, guys? You guys were there. Bryan is leaving, and he said it on Total Bellas. There's such a delay between Total Bellas and reality, though, that are you really going to go by that? Right, that shows like six or seven months behind. Like so much could have happened between then and now, and a lot of it is inserted for drama. You know, I would take it with a grain of salt. Daniel Bryan said he was leaving when fucking he was still out with his neck injury. Yeah. Well, they got a Braun Strowman interview up if you want to hit that before we get out of here. <laughs> I don't know if that was one hand clapping. or No, that was, that was, that was both hands. Let me see where this thing is. I thought I saw it. Oh, yeah, there we go. Braun, congratulations. I feel like this victory tonight was very symbolic with distractions around you, being able to focus in and earn yourself a WWE Championship opportunity at WrestleMania Backlash. What does it mean to you? It means everything. It, it means everything that I've been saying for months and months and months has come true. The monster is where he belongs, on the top of the food chain. I eat everything that's in my path. The Strowman Express is just rolling. 
And I'm rolling through WWE WrestleMania backlash and I'm coming out the backside, the new WWE champion. No, you're not. Not buying it. This ain't Goldberg, motherfucker. No. These guys can wrestle. Yeah. Can't say I blame you. And they're not getting any better with their booking. And I really hoped, I really like to optimistically think that a lot of it does have to do with the coup and the people that are getting sick because it's almost inexcusably terrible at this point. But you don't think it's that? It's just ass. It's just, this pandemic was the worst thing that could have ever happened to them because it now shows they just did they, they, this shit. Like we talked about last year, they fired people when this pandemic was at its worst, when you almost, when there were, there were virtually almost no other wrestling companies taking people and they fired people. Now they do it again. And then they send people their shit in trash bags. Unless your Enzo didn't even get your shit. I don't even give this company like devil's advocate, grain of salt, none of that shit. It's just, it's just shit. Everything that happens, shit. Like think about the, the, their Super Bowl. WrestleMania was mediocre. Imagine how crazy that shit is. Your biggest. Imagine, imagine if we had like, what was it? We got episode five hundred coming around the corner. Then when Survivor Series is the anniversary, imagine if those were the two worst shows of the year. Imagine how mortifying that should be. I mean, worse has happened. We would just have our own content. Yeah. You know, this is the reason why we're gravitating towards the better content now, so that when we cross that road, as always, we'll already be well positioned as we always are. That's going to be their issue, not ours. It's just amazing that a company that's been around so long is just doing so much amateur dumb shit. Like stuff you would think common sense. Okay, that doesn't make sense to do that. I think that's the most aggravating thing about it when you really think about it. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can't argue with you there. All right. I guess we're wrapping up here now, right? Yep, that is it. Amen to that. Thank you to everybody who is hanging out for this wonderful evening of wrestling reviews and news including our buddies over in the chat rooms king quest 770 aka i believe here also keith thompson on facebook correct me if i'm wrong george z bloodluster so you peek in there dark side same as you uh willie v2 over on gilded along with eb gamer and cabbie stasis dreams Tomas Garcia, I saw you over on Facebook as well, as well as all of you lurkers, anyone that scrolled in that I missed, or I just hung out in the background, of course, all of you guys on demand and on all popular podcatcher apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and as well as our live video feed chat rooms, which include Facebook.com slash TalkBrunch, as well as Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch, as well as TalkBrunch.com. Stay tuned later this week for all other sorts of various streams. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 453, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. So sponsored by Glad Dad. Shut it down. <laughs>